stay informed on the breaking news and information happening right now. It's as easy as sending a text message. Text RSB to 22828. Tired of reading last week's recycled news stories? Get informed about what's happening now. Just text RSB to 22828 to subscribe to the Robert Scott Bell Show newsletter and find out what you need to know today. Text RSB to 22828. That's RSB to 22828 now. Hey, I'm back. Back in the studio again. And this time, maybe for a few weeks uh, before the Red Pill Expo in Indianapolis, Indiana. So there's a lot to be done. I have no idea where I've been. Uh, honestly, I got home yesterday. I'm like, where was I? <laughs> I know where I was. And we've got Tia Severino coming up an hour or two to remind me of the last two events I was at. Uh, the one in Atlanta, Next Steps, and uh, the Nurse Freedom Network in Nashville with uh, Kimberly Overton. So I didn't forget. It just, it's just—it's been a dizzying uh, few weeks, that's for sure. So as long as I remain intact, and if not, Super Don will carry the load. But we also have in the first hour, Lauren Witzke, first time on from Crosstalk News. And she does uh, a news program with our good friend, Ed Saul, op-ed, who used to be with us as a producer, and his wife, Captain Morgan, right? So she also... This woman, Lauren Witzke, she's a smart one. She also is the producer for the Stu Peters show. How cool is that? So we're going to talk about what? The emergence first of neo-fascism among public health authorities. Yeah, that's not new news here. But for some in public health are finally figuring it out. Uh, also, updates on the VAERS reporting system long before there was COVID jabs. And what's the controversy that apparently scientists are unable to see, read, or report on? That's a big one. And we have so many questions of the day that we're behind on. I can't even begin to tell you, but there's at least four we're going to hit. So tell your friends, gather around. The Robert Scott Bell Show is about to begin. And I think Super Don hits a button and, and we'll start now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. You know, I noticed uh, thinking about what I said at the Nurse Freedom Network event on Saturday, or was it Sunday? I I, I don't know the days of the week anymore. So oh, it was Sunday, I think I was there uh, broadcasting. I think, uh, dude, I'm at severe cognitive deficit today. I'm going to tell you right now, Super Don, don't hold me to anything I say today. It could be the opposite of what I mean. There's been a lot of talk about brain fog the last couple of, of years, and apparently you're experiencing it today. I'm just honestly, it's like I, I, I was non COVID related brain fog. I was on three week a tear, a travel tear <laughs> where I was home for one, two, or three days. I don't know. And, and honestly, as much as I remember everything that happened, I just don't remember where things happened. And I know I was speaking um, a couple of times at a fundraiser dinner for uh, Kimberly Overton, the Nurse Freedom Network. And then Sunday was the event under the big thing in Franklin. And it was a daytime event. And I'm just trying to remember the things I said because I, I felt like it was like, woo, really direct, even for me. Very harsh about what, what's transpired in allopathic medicine as these nurses and doctors are waking up to the realities and the horrors of their own profession. And yet, I don't feel at all apologetic about being harsh and direct. It's just that I'm noticing, I guess, it's like being drawn into the directness, calling it what it is, saying it, calling it like it is. Now, I've always attempted to do that on this show, but I am also a sensitive guy, Super Don, you know that. 
And I'm like, I don't want to be insulting for the sake of insulting people. That's not my, if there's a shtick here, it's not that. <laughs> but directness about allopathic medicine, yeah, I've been very direct about it, it being the third, second, or first leading cause of death for the entirety of my, this is my 23rd year broadcasting since we opened up with microphones in 1999 before there were things called podcasts even. And I, I, I think about what's happening now and the emergence of information that more and more people are being drawn into this tiny little circle that I've been in and it's grown and it's growing and it's growing. And each day at each successive weekend event, Super Don, more people from the medical profession uh, professions come in and say, I, I need to know what you guys know. And, and that's a good thing. Although I could curse them for taking so long, but that's, there's no point in doing that. And there are people super Don that will say, well, if a person that comes into this group from the medical side, doesn't believe hundred percent of the things we already know to be true, then, then they're controlled opposition. Have you heard that one? That's what Darth Vader would say. Right, exactly. I don't, yes. I, and I don't say that. I try to get to know people <laughs> where they're at. And, and, and if that's the case, then everybody's controlled opposition. And so am I, whatever that that's means. Right. Okay. So I, I want to uh, go into this first article, Super Don, that you made available to us and you sent out in the email blast this morning. If those of you are not getting email blasts from the Robert Scott Bell Show, please uh, text RSB to 22828. That's the easiest way to get started. Uh, text RSB for Robert Scott Bell to 22828. And this first article comes from, oh, yeah, you've got a, a visual up there. Easy to subscribe to our newsletter. Thank you for doing that, everybody. And we've got a lot of new folks that are joining us from the various conferences that I'm speaking at, from the various online webinars and different things. Da Dr. David Jockers uh, had a, a big one that we replayed, and uh, I was just doing a big one with Jonathan Otto. And uh, again, welcome everybody, however you're finding out about this place, this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. The, warm, the, the water is warm, yes. The warm is water. The warm is and, water. See, I'm yes. telling you, it's all opposite today. <laughs> I hope Lauren... Oh, I'm going to have some straight. fun at your expense today, Lauren, sorry. Lauren's going to set me straight because I know she's a <laughs> she's much more professional broadcaster than I am. She all right, what's, so what's the first story we're covering today? This is from the Brownstone Institute. Uh, and yes. it's from, actually, a public health-type professional. And it, his name is David Bell, no relation. And it says, The Emergence of Neofascism in Public Health. And I'm intrigued already by the headline, although I would say it's not just emerged. It's been endemic to it. But now you see it is my point. Now, this David Bell describes fascism as the art of hiding the truth behind a facade of wholesome virtue. Mussolini gave it a name. Uh, and it's basically hiding his authoritarian ideas behind uh, the drainage of swamps and village renewal and kids in school trains running on time look how great we are but then of course you know there's nazism as well and, and you got well we've got everything we got order good order everybody look at the hitler youth they're just such clean-cut kids and so you, you put labels on these things and people will dismiss them because it's too easy to bring up hitler and mussolini but now it's coming from somebody within the public health sector a public health professional bringing this up and it's because of the COVID insanity. The reaction, the response to the COVID insanity by public health officials and those who would profit from public health officials being authorities or authoritarians making dictates that no one should say no to. And if you did, you would be ridiculed. Ridiculed? See, ridic see I'm saying names wrong. The words are just not coming out today, Super Don. I'm just going to, hopefully you'll understand what language I'm speaking. I'm not certain. <laughs> 
But this is a great article. It's a revelation coming from within public health. Look at the things that um, he brings up in this article is David Bell. We've witnessed public health professions and the associations that represent them call for active discrimination and coercion over medical choice. They've advocated for policies that impoverish others while maintaining their own salaries, controlling normal family life, and even dictating how they can mourn their dead. And if that's not bad enough, right next paragraph, hospitals have refused transplants for those who made unrelated medical choices that the hospital didn't like. This the, the David Bell, this author, he says, I've witnessed them refuse a family access to dying loved ones until they accepted injections that they didn't want, then allow them immediate access, thereby confirming it was not about immunity, but compliance. Isn't that interesting? Think about that. They're like, if you get the jab, we'll let you in. Well, how long does it take for the jab to work? Well, didn't they consider you not jabbed for like a couple of weeks because it, it doesn't kick in until then? I'm just using their own terminology and language, and yet hospitals will go, well, if you're not going to get jabbed, you can't come and see your loved one dying. Never mind that they're killing your loved one in the hospital. But, hey, if you get this jab, come on in. Did it work in a minute or an hour or a day? Apparently not according to their own standards. Yeah, come on in. Had nothing to do with immunity. Nothing at all to do. Further into this article, next paragraph, we have seen prominent health professionals publicly vilify and denigrate colleagues who sought to restate principles on which we were all trained. Absence of coercion, informed consent, and non-discrimination. But that's not what it was. It was all about collective obedience. And I've said, what have I said about public health here? Public health is a legal fiction to promote collectivism under the guise of health or health orders, or dictates. The greater good is the term that's used, but it's never defined. They just know it when they see it, and they know it when you're not complying. Undefined term, and only those with the power of government behind them can tell you what it is. And if you are on the wrong side of that, if you're in the medical professions, you would be pilloried, which some were. Many of our friends were. New friends were and the good ones that have come out of this uh, neo-fascist agenda, albeit late, but we'll welcome you whenever you arrive, are now understanding the evil that which you ignorantly participated prior to this time. Greater good. What is the greater good? Again, it's a, it's a, it's a disguise for communism, collectivism, socialism. And in this case, fascism or neo-fascism. Remember, they use terms like pandemic of the unvaccinated. And no one is safe until we're all safe. These are collectivist ideas. This has nothing to do with individual liberty. They scapegoat the minorities. And the ultimate minority in any group is a minority of one. Your, your individual self. You. Me. That's the minority that is, tr is trounced upon in the greater good. Fascism is the enemy of truth, and it's never its servant. Now, this guy is starting to be direct within, from within the public health circles. That's why I mentioned my directness. It's like, it's not like I have danced around issues for years, but I'm, I'm kind of gentle with the language I try to use occasionally to hopefully you know, win people over with honeyed words, but it's not always possible. And sometimes you just got to call it like it is, and this guy, this David Bell guy is, is talking about it. Another paragraph here, stigmatization, discrimination, and exclusion on the basis of healthcare choices, whether for HIV, cancer, or COVID-19 is wrong. Really, that's, 
You just now figured that out? Yeah, of course it's wrong. It's always been wrong, but you hadn't paid attention prior to this. But welcome, welcome. Excluding and vilifying colleagues for differing views on the use of safe medications is arrogant. Denouncing those who refuse to follow orders conflicting with ethics and morals is dangerous, much less your religious beliefs, which they ran roughshod over, including many churches and synagogues, temples, and maybe even mosques as well, shut down because the government told them to shut down and stop worshiping together. Blindly following government and corporate dictates. Again, this guy, he's writing it out. I don't have to say it any better at this moment. Simply to comply with the group has nothing in common with ethical public health. Now, I call a, a public health an oxymoron. I don't think there is ethical public health. If you want to describe cleaning the water that comes into homes as public health, okay, I'll give you some air of legitimacy in that context. But to say that public health is everybody getting an experimental injection that alters DNA protein synthesis, how do you leap from clean water to that? I, I, I'm asking. I don't think you have a good answer. So this guy is saying we, we don't need to get bound down by niceties of left and right. He, he recognizes that in the 1930s, the fascist regimes were coming from the left, not the right. And the concepts of greater good are not new, but they were used back in Nazi Germany to wipe out people who weren't right thinkers or couldn't think at all in the case of those who had mental disabilities or physical di disabilities. They were subject to gas chambers. Or, or medical experimentation. So he says, this David Bell, he's a scholar of the Brownstone Institute, public health physician in the United States, this guy. He says, we now need to introspect. We don't need partisanship. We need to look at ourselves. I don't know whether this guy's coming from the left or the right or if it even matters. But he says, the public health profession has complied with directives to discriminate, stigmatize, and exclude while blurring requirements for informed consent. They've helped to remove basic human rights to bodily autonomy, education, work, family life, movement, and travel. Public health sector employees, medical PhDs, MPHs, MDs, all of you have followed the corporate authoritarians, ignoring their conflicts of interest, and you've helped to enrich them while the general public, if there is it, Individuals that were not part of that in crowd were impoverished and are being impoverished and made, being made poorer and poorer. So where do we go? I would say eliminate these public health directives altogether. And other than acknowledging that I do, that cleaning up the water is a good thing for individuals, <laughs> Right? It doesn't help public health because there's no such thing as public health. That's a collective term. But drinking clean water is a great thing for individuals. Do we really need a global government to tell us how to care for our health? Considering that global governance, whether it be eken down into the United States government, which it has on every level, even down to the local health department's collectivism rules, in defiance of the fundamental rights that are given to you, not by government, but by God and acknowledged by our founders and the documents written like the Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederation, and finally the Constitution that didn't grant us a single right, but acknowledged those rights that pre-exist government that should be protected or at least should not be run roughshod over on the basis of any emergency. 
least of all the phony emergency that everybody's going to die from a gain of function Wuhan research lab that came out of University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill before that even. Thanks, Anthony Fauci. That guy should be swinging from a you know what. I'm not threatening him. I'm just saying what in, in a justice scenario, how many hundreds of thousands to millions of people have needlessly suffered and died because of things that Fauci said or did or was directed to do. And he complied in addition to these other agencies within the government or super government or non-governmental agencies have promoted one world order by fear of germ. Public health officials have participated fully as doctors have done in previous fascist administrations, whether it be in Italy or particularly in Germany in World War II. So with that, let's uh, let's bring on for actually much more clarity than I'm delivering today. <laughs> that I got through that is a miracle. <laughs> Lauren Witzke joins us. She's also the producer of the Stu Peter Show, and she's on Crosstalk News with our, our good buddy Ed Zoll, op-ed, who used to be a producer here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Welcome for the first time, Lauren Witzke to the Robert Scott Bell Show. So good to see Hi. you. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, that was uh, some interesting stuff. I uh, I like how um, we spent, uh, I think, the last two years being called, you know, fascist Nazis mm. just because we didn't want to put an experimental vaccine uh, yeah. in our... Actually, I hate even calling it a vaccine. I agree. That's not what it is, um, you know, into our arms. So, you know, actually... Um, Joe Brandon is the real fascist if we really want to get into it. So, yeah, well, that's that's for sure. And I think that it's fascinating to me that now we're seeing medical people, nurses and, and in this case, a public health uh, kind of doctor acknowledging finally what I've been pointing out for decades now about what's wrong with the allopathic medical monopoly and all that it manifests as, including public health sector employees and directives that none of this is actually addressing the individual rights or acknowledging that we have individual rights. Right. And we found out that fascism would be coming in the guise of like got Reagan said, you know, the scariest words were from the government. We're here to help you. That's what's manifested out here. But based on our fear of germs, we let them right in. Right. Right. And you know, they never isolated the virus. Um, and, you know, we never really knew what it was. And there's patents, there's um, executive orders, there's documents proving that this was a planned pandemic uh, for years, like probably decades. They had been planning something like this. And you can't tell me that they just happened to have billions and billions and billions of doses ready to roll out on the population to uh, vaccinate 60 percent of the earth. Um, this was calculated uh, it took years and they executed it beautifully. Uh, the media was in on it. The government was in on it. Um, global government leaders were in on it. And, you know, we were set up. And, you know, I want to congratulate those who did not get vaccinated uh, because you survived the greatest PSYOP probably in American or global history. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember back in 2018, we, we heard talks of the, the new world order. Like I was like, all right, whatever, never going to happen. It, it's impossible for it to ever get to that. And within a matter of two years, you know, everything changed. Um, everything changed. And how I think what scared me the most was how compliant people became. Uh, people were automatically 
telling other people, you know, we were sitting aside and saying nothing when a mom was getting thrown out of a restaurant uh, with her little baby because her, you know, baby wasn't wearing a mask properly. And we said nothing and we allowed it to happen. Uh, we allowed an abuse of power. And not only that, we enabled it. Um, the police enabled it. Police arrested people for unconstitutional mandates. Um, the U.S. government knew that if they locked down the country, that there would be a, a like a skyrocket in overdose rates, suicide rates, um, people, alcoholism, they knew it. And they still did it anyway because they do not care about you uh, because this was planned. This is all um, part of the beast system. So the beast mm -hmm. system is coming. This was round one. It got are us you, Are you saying beast as in B-E-A-S-T? B-E-A-S-T. I'm okay, talking I New don't... World Order, yeah. End of Days, Mark of the Beast. This was the precursor to it. This was the test run. Can we get people on board with this? Well, and, Lauren, you know, they Lauren, it to a degree. Yeah, we, we, we are uh, all too compliant as a culture. And, and yes. where is that spirit of autonomy, individual uh, uh, you know, acknowledgement that we have that rugged individualism? I think it's the feminization of the entire uh, culture, including the men, especially the men. But uh, I've seen and talked to more warrior women over the past 23 years on broadcast media than I have men that have uh, found out that their children were being damaged by these vaccines long before there were mRNA shots right. that were willing to speak out before the men were willing to stand up to the government and say, or the doctors and say, no, this shall not pass. You shall not inject my child. And so I think that that part of the agenda is, is weakening the male so that the women now have to become the warriors because the men are, are are weaker than the women in that sense. Are taking puberty blockers and chopping off their wieners. That's what they've been up to. It's very weird. It's very sad to see. Uh, you know, they went after. OK, so I have this theory behind this. So mm -hmm. you know how family is the smallest form of government. Our nation, it's the foundation is family. So they went after families, but they went after the patriarchy of the smallest form of government. They went after the men. They started demasculinizing the men. They started mm -hmm. filling their food with soy. Are their testosterone levels are dropping? And, you know, then they went after them to continue uh, to demasculinize the male. Uh, so, yeah, you did see a lot of women warriors when it should have been the men. Like we shouldn't have had to do it. It shouldn't have been us. It should have been angry dads. Um, I always loved watching the angry dad videos at the school board meetings when they had had enough. Like mm -hmm. that was great. That was great to see. Um, but what you're also seeing is um, Christians as well who are becoming unapologetic uh, in their beliefs um, and they're becoming bolder um, before being called a fascist, a Nazi, uh, a white supremacist, whatever they were calling us because we didn't want to get vaccinated. Um it doesn't matter anymore. We don't care. This is war. Um, we have seen a little glimpse of what the enemy looks like, what his intentions are for our country and our people and our families. And uh, we realize that, hey, these people can't be negotiated with. So, you know, there have we have taken ground back and we're starting to take back ground where we are starting to realize that we cannot negotiate. Um, you know, it is it was a pre-planned pandemic for decades and decades uh, for a vaccine that uh, all of a sudden they just happen to have it rolled out, ready to go and go into everybody's arms. They're now about to pass it for children, uh, little baby children who I don't think there has been any children without comorbidities that have passed away. So it has, it's completely unnecessary. There, yeah, there is yeah. no emergency and there has been no emergency for young people. Uh, and the initial phase of, of death that occurred primarily in hospitals, you didn't see people. And even today you think about this, Lauren, 
where's the massive death at home that is occurring to COVID? Why do people only die in hospitals for the most part, with yeah. rare exception? Well, That's bizarre enough to see and not comment on. Yeah, well, I mean, the hospitals have a protocol. Uh, so they get paid out a certain amount uh, for, you know, for COVID patients. So they diagnose them with COVID. Well, you know, you come in with anything. You had a my motorcycle accident. It's COVID because they get certain funding from the government uh, for the amount of COVID patients that they treat. Well, mm -hmm. when you have a COVID patient, you have to follow the particular protocol or else you lose your funding. So the pr protocol consists of a ventilator, remdesivir, which shuts down your kidneys. Um, basically, they overdose you in sedatives, uh, morphine, fentanyl, so many cases of uh, benzodiazepines, and people mm -hmm. would like basically be sedated, uh, put in a coma and yeah. they would pass away. They would die. They would deteriorate. Um, and it was, a con I mean, thousands and thousands of people died. Uh, mm. there was a little girl named Grace Shara. Actually, she was probably. Yeah. I was spending time this weekend with Scott Shara yeah, and we had people. some shows together and, and, you know, these are the heartbreaking stories that have been repeated all too many times and they're continuing to, to repeat and will, will be made much, much worse by jabs for zero to five-year-olds coming. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, I, I don't think it's a good idea for us to ignore the rates in autism either. You know, I wasn't an anti-vaxxer before. I am now all around. My kids will not get anything because if the U.S. government, uh, if the global government would push out an experimental mm -hmm. vaccine and force it on little children, not knowing what's in it, knowing that it's killed 21,000 or I think it's up to 26,000 people. And that's just what's reported. It's a 1% reporting mm -hmm. rate on the Bears database. But uh, it's saying there it's killed 26,000 people. And we're going to continue now to approve it for little children when they don't die from it. And, you know, it's a, <laughs> I have to think here, Robert, that maybe the United States government doesn't have my best interest in mind or the best interest of my future children in mind. Yeah. I'm looking at these. I'm just looking, I'm just noticing patterns here. Okay. Hmm. The vaccine schedule rollout went out for children. The rates of autism went up. I have personal friends who have taken their children to get vaccinated, their scheduled vaccines, and within mm -hmm. 24 hours completely changed, became full autistic, spent the rest of their life um, with autism. Um, you know, and it's mm -hmm. it, you can't ignore it anymore. There's well, Lauren, that's th those patterns are what emerged only by parents witnessing the reversals of their children right after these uh, shots. And this, again, long before COVID. And yet they were ignored. They were derided and called names. And that was a mistake because then we had the mom warriors uh, start this whole thing. Right. And, and then, of course, you're talking about not being an anti-vaxxer. So you've been raised in the medical world just like I was. I was vaccinated as a child, although far fewer vaccines. Back then, they still gave smallpox vaccines. And I had a, a nasty adverse event to that as a child. And I, I was I was aware enough of that to know that happened, but still didn't put two and two together until uh, I became a homeopath. And this was back in the, in the 90s. And then I began to question everything about what I thought I knew going through traditional uh, training and, and medicine and everything. And then now I'm seeing medical doctors and nurses come out and say, just like you said, I was part of that system. I did everything I was told. I'm never getting another vaccine. I'm never giving another vaccine again. Yep. And I even had. Peter McCullough, who was with us at this latest event, cardiologist from Baylor. People know of him. I don't know if he's come out and said that on stage, but we were talking in public about it. And he said exactly that. I'm, I'm never going to do another vaccine. I'm not going to give it to my kids. So nope. that's a big sea change. That's not because of me or other people that are speaking out like this. It's because it's it, they've overplayed their hands. They were so desperate 
to push this agenda before they lost it altogether, that they're going to lose it altogether. Yeah, uh, they did overplay their hand, I think, to a degree. Um, but I mean, they succeeded. Like I said, this is round one. This was a whole it was it was not just an experiment, uh, but a war drill. Like, you know, it, it was a war drill and uh, they played it out. And they weren't sure if they were going to get away with it, but people became so compliant. They believed the media because people trusted the media. You know, they have built up a lot of trust um, mm -hmm. in like, you know, the news and even local news. They were smart. They bought out even local news stations. So your 6 p.m. news uh, locally is ran by, you know, um, uh, the Fox. Uh, they're part of it. Um mm -hmm. And we have like big corporations, media corporations who bought out local news networks to propagandize your grandmother uh, into getting the vaccine. Uniform um, the message. Yeah, it was yeah. it was so calculated and it was so smart. I think that possibly I mean, mission accomplished is what I think. I don't think I mean, yeah, we a lot of people awoken to it. However, you know, I don't think we won. You know, we gave up so much territory, so much ground. And the only benefit out of it is that the people who stood strong and didn't cave are now emboldened because and we're also vindicated. You know, a lot of us are vindicated. And, you know, I wanted to comment on the anti-vaxxer movement. So yes, I ran for yes. Senate in 2020 mm -hmm. and I had actually gotten an endorsement from this freedom, um, medical freedom group. And everybody told me, oh, no, you don't want that endorsement. That's the anti-vaxxer moms. And at the time, I was like, okay. I didn't know what it was, but it, it was funny how they have been stigmatized. And now I'm like, heck, yeah, like these are our people. Like they were yeah. the ones that didn't allow their kids to get um, vaccinated with an experimental jab. They weren't taking their kids, dragging mm -hmm. them to the local Walmart to get this experimental vaccine. And, you know, we don't even know what's in it. We're seeing stuff everywhere that's coming out of junk in it. We have serious quality control issues with this vaccine in the manufacturing plants. We have Pfizer whistleblowers who have found seen the vials. Um, you know, they put cardboard over the windows whenever the FDA comes through and they're looking at the vials and the vials are glowing. You're finding graphene oxide. You're finding strands of metal. You're finding live organisms because it's not sanitary at all. Mm -hmm. Like there's serious quality control issues, whether that was intentional or it was just neglect in general. Either way, it was unsafe. And the only people who really kind of saw this coming was the anti-vaxxers. So, you know, I'm going to go hop on that crazy train because those mm. are my people. And I fully support that. Well, and that's the thing. It used to be considered a, a divisive and derisive term. But now people are wearing it going, yeah, go ahead. Call me because I, I means I'm a critical thinker. Uh, just like those who theorize about conspiracies that are actually factual and real. <laughs> that right. We find out about very, very rapidly now, thanks to the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and his people. They don't hide the agenda at all. It's not subtle. It's not hidden. It's right out there for anybody to read and see and hear. Yep. Yep. And La Quinta, La Quinta, sorry, La Quinta. Mm -hmm. I will call them La Quinta all the time. But they mm -hmm. uh, sent me over some of their new studies. Uh, they have, of course, been uh, dissecting, finding out putting it under a microscope, uh, what is in this vaccine. But you know what I like about them is their message is that, you know what, you can see this yourself. Go get a vial, put it under a microscope, have a look yourself. Don't trust what we're saying. 
Um, you know, they're finding metallic microfibers within it, uh, self-assembling things like really weird stuff, stuff that looks like computer chips. Um, you know, and since this was uh, the rollout stage one of the beast system, I have no doubt that different countries got different versions. They got different experiments, different things. There probably was microchips. I know for a fact, though, and I'm not crazy that it does make you magnetic. I did it to my grandmother and my grandfather after they got vaccinated. I took a bobby pin and I put it on their arms. I should have sent you the video. I'm sorry. Mm. And it stuck. And it wasn't even like there was a pool there and it was like okay like i'm not crazy like i'm seeing this with my own two eyes it was stuck and it like yeah. they moved it didn't move there was a pool there so whatever it is um and i don't think that it happens with regular scheduled vaccines or if it's like we've never mRNA. seen it before the with the traditional vaccine schedule prior to the mrna and whatever's in it but it's a mis it's a bit mysterious still but it happens in some cases. I've had yeah. doctors report to me and shown me video from their own experience that this is indeed occurring. But that it doesn't happen in everybody doesn't mean that it is not occurring. And that's the right. thing about all of this is that everybody is unique. Each of us is unique and we respond differently to this things that, you know, you'd like to say, well, if, if it doesn't happen to everybody, it's not real. That's that's not even critical thinking. That's just a dismissive. I don't want to deal with it. It's just too hard for me to deal with. So I want to dismiss all of it. I am, you, you know, you talk on crosstalk, uh, you know, primarily a Christian uh, focused community. And I've been so disappointed in the Christian community and their um, willingness to just go along with these authoritarians. And I've said it for many years. They worship at their church on Sunday, maybe Wednesday, and they, and they turn their bodies and their children's bodies over to the church of pharmaceutical mysticism the rest of the week, the doctors. Yeah. And this is a problem because uh, we are not deficient in any toxic poison, FDA approved pharmaceutical drug. We are deficient in minerals and we do have herbs and plants that God created that are uh, uh, can correct a lot of these things. But now they're into altering DNA protein synthesis via injection. It's going into another another level of abomination here. I'm thinking, where are the people of faith finally seeing this? Are they? What are you hearing? Yeah. So I, I, you know, I have to agree. I'm seeing uh, gene editing. I'm seeing a Luciferian global regime that wants to pervert God's creation. You know, uh, we have to remember that our enemy who is Satan, he hates us. He wants you dead. He wants you to burn in hell for eternity. He wants to take as many souls as he can with him. Um, but in the meantime, you know, they do have this demonic knowledge and influence of things. You know, this goes back to the days of Noah um, when they were t teaching them pharmacia and sorcery and you know, now we're seeing how they're taking, they're breeding uh, in Israel, actually, pig-human-organ hybrids so they can take these half-human, half-pig uh, kidneys and implant them, give people transplants. You know, it's like, good Lord, like, I don't know how bad Sodom and Gomorrah was mm -hmm. back in the day, but I think we're getting pretty close. I you think know? there's a competition going on to see if they can do it again. <laughs> Uh, it's true. Yeah. And it's freaky. Like there is, they are unapologetic too about mm -hmm. it too. Do you remember uh, the Fauci experiments where they took the rats mm -hmm. and they had aborted fetuses and they were cutting off their scalps and putting it on rats? Like yeah. what Who in does the world this? is happening? Like how evil, yeah. how vile are these people um, that they're running these kind of experiments? Like it's mm -hmm. not necessary. We don't even know what's going on um, really with the COVID pandemic. You know, I don't believe I don't believe, okay, personally, I could mm. be wrong, but I don't believe everything they're telling me about that Wuhan lab theory, mm. leak theory. You know, it they've lied about so much. Sure. 
Some um, of these are what they call uh, uh, limited hangouts, right? They, yeah. There's a little bit of information and they want you to run with that. Yes. Fundamentally, and that's what they though, told us to believe. Yeah. That's what, well, that was the direction they all steered us was that, oh, it leaked out of a lab right. um, or it was from bat soup at a market. Sure. But if, we, if we talk about, for instance, fifth generation wireless technologies and their impact on uh, the cells that are uh, altered by in, these mRNA injections, like the, the response to that. That's the next level of, you know, when we brought that up, immediate bans. It's like suddenly if, if something is so ridiculous and people know it's ridiculous, why would they bother banning it? And, and so if you start saying certain things that get you tagged and banned, which we have been over the course of the last couple of years and still we're banned on YouTube and uh, Spotify and Twitter and things, then you know that they're concerned that people might discover because they're not banning things that are just totally ridiculous and silly that they know are not true. It's all, yeah. only the stuff that would point out what they're doing. Why would they ban anything else? Well, that's why that was all part of the rollout plan. This is part mm. of the drill. Uh, you know, they're like, okay, so people are going to talk. People are going to start sharing truths. They got together and they were like, okay, but this part, they knew that was coming. You know, they had the media, they had the government officials to enforce it, but they couldn't stop us from talking to each other. Mm -hmm. So how do we keep it from being on social media? Okay, anything COVID, we put a label on it. We create a team of fact checkers to... Uh, kind of discredit any other finding, any other opinion, any other theory. And if you keep it up, we silence you forever. We ban your accounts. Don't mm -hmm. even think about coming back again. You know, it was all part of the rollout. It was all part of the plan. Um, you know, and like Mr. Bell, I have to tell you, I don't think this is over. I think that this was, we mm -hmm. might get a few breaths in right now. Um, you know, yeah. they tried to start with the monkeypox thing. It was kind of weird. I wasn't really sure where they're going with that, but I don't think it's like deadly enough. Um, so I think, or, you know, it was mostly within mm -hmm. the LGBTQ community, kind of that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I think that we're getting a breath right now for the midterms, but I mean, you can't tell me they don't have round two oh, yeah. for us. When I, when I go out to speak, Lauren, to crowds, I ask how many you think that there's going to be a, another scamdemic? And I say it in those terms and everybody's yeah. hand goes up. So I ask them, what are you afraid of? Seriously, what are you afraid of? Because that's what they'll exploit to make it happen again. If your fear dissipates and goes away, they've got nothing to exploit. Now, some would say, well, I'm no longer afraid of those, those stupid germs because I know what they, who's vulnerable. I'm not doing the stuff like that. But then people will have to face their fear of government government reprisal it's like what if i don't do it the government will fill in the blanks and if and if our founding fathers had that fear of government to the point where they wouldn't act we wouldn't have a united states of america we'd have no history and freedom right. and so we're at that point where we have to get our gonads back men particularly but the women have been doing our battles for a while in this realm it's time for the men to stand up and say no we're no longer participating with this evil and I speak to the people of faith, and I know you do every day. And I and I, I I'm I'm putting everybody on notice. This is not a time where you can go well. But if I do this, then the government will do that. Well, they're already doing that, and much worse. They're killing your children next with the zero to five year old approval via EUA when there is no emergency. At what point do you say I will not comply ever again? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know. Last year, I had my bank accounts shut down. I was put on a domestic terrorist watch list just because I thought the wrong way. And if you don't think that if they could do it to me, 
that they're not going to like, they're not going to come for you. I was first. They're going to come for you next. Mm -hmm. They're not going to stop. Uh, they hate all dissent. And now that these politicians, these, even the federal government, um, these hospitals, uh, the media companies, they got a taste of what that money looks like, that big pharma money. Mm -hmm. They're they're in it for life. You know, they're never going to go back on that because Pfizer was buying uh, media ads on Fox News. They were mm -hmm. buying media ads on CNN. Um, you know, everywhere you looked, there was get vaccinated um, and it's media still going on. It's ads. still yeah, going propaganda. on. Um, so yeah. they were making bank off of that. You have the hospitals who are making bank off of the deaths of COVID patients uh, via murder um, mm -hmm. with remdesivir and ventilators and morphine and fentanyl and everything they were pumping into people. And, you know, they got a taste of what that money looks like. Yeah. That's how they, they're on board. They're on board for life. And nobody's going to stop them unless it's us. Yeah, you, know, you cannot comply. You can't comply your way. You can't cooperate your way out of this. You can't nice your way out of it. Oh, if I'm only nice and cooperate, they won't come for me. Well, yeah. that's uh, to say that's a naive is an understatement. Your lack of, uh, of, of awareness of, of American history, much less world history, uh, to recognize that if you try to be nice to government officials that are willing to kill you, you're going to be one of those that are uh, ushered into camps and you will be killed as they've killed children. They don't they do not have a. a, a a view on the sanctity of life like you do like i do like my audience like all y'all listening and watching right now and if you assume they do that's where they got you your naivete in that sense and also your willingness again to say they they would never do that really because i would never yeah. they would never yes they would and they are they and they have and they're doing it right now genocide. no they're not yeah. capable of that uh yes they will grow up and realize this is up. what we're dealing with so the compliance is consent the consent is deadly and that's what we're witnessing. And how many children are going to have to die before you finally wake up and say, I am no longer participating in this deadly charade. That is, as you point out, pure Luciferianism, yep, not subtle. And calling on all y'all people of faith, stop complying with a government that was just as soon as kill your children. Just in the name of, of, of protecting them, saving them. We're from the government. We're here to help you. The government has been captured. And it's always been the case that that was the potential. Our founders knew that. It wasn't about, uh, oh, if we just send good people into government, everything would be great. No, they constrained government to limit its ability to do the things it's doing now because they knew men are always culpable of corruption, being enticed via various things that Luciferian uh, methods uh, achieve and have throughout history. Do you remember when Madison Cawthorn came out with the orgies and the drugs talking about that, uh, those parties? And he lost his seat. Like, I mean, they kicked him straight out of Congress for talking about it. Yeah. You know, corruption, uh, because what he had accidentally kind of Uncovered. exposed yeah. was the fact that this is how lobbyist groups control the United States government through blackmail yeah. and yeah, everybody's blackmail. in on it. Everybody's in on it. There may be a handful of good people uh, who aren't in on it, uh, but everybody's participating. Everybody's blackmailed. And that's mm. why they vote the way they do. You look at it and you're like, why is my uh, Republican legislator yeah. voting on uh, supporting these red flag laws or supporting uh, these vaccine mandates or not doing anything to fight for me. It's because yeah. they're all blackmailed. They're all blackmailed yeah. because they've been blowing cocaine with hookers and like doing really weird gay stuff in DC and they have it on record. Right. And they hold well, accountable if, to they, that. if they can't buy you outright, they compromise you in some other way. Otherwise, exactly. they find a way to get you out or isolate you like the, the rare statesman like Ron Paul who couldn't ever be bought. 
And that's what, you know, we're dealing with here. The maturation that needs to happen among all of the electorate, but particularly people of faith to say, it's not enough to send good people in to a system that has become so corrupt and, and corruptible. We must reduce the size and scope and reach. And that means no longer participating, no longer funding, no longer supporting in any way, shape or form. And this is a godly mission. Nothing less than that, Lauren. And I appreciate you being here. I know you're, you're simultaneously producing the Stu Peter show. I don't know how Stu's handling this right now, but I, I certainly enjoy having you on today. This has been a, a very yeah, important for sure. Yeah, actually, everything's all good. So I think we're all good. He's doing a great job today. Yeah. Uh, do you watch the Stu Peter show? What do you think? Stu's a, Stu's a rock star. What am I going to say yeah. in a great way? Uh, and he's doing some amazing, amazing things. So we appreciate yeah. him. Yeah, he sure is. He sure is. Um, we're just getting started. So it's very exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, it's wonderful to have you on board today and all the good work you're doing. And certainly give a, give a big high five to our buddy, Ed, uh, and all the great work that he does and has for sure years will. and that you guys are working together like that. You know, the story that I'm going to cover, and you can hang out as long as you want, or if you have to go, you just say the word. Uh, but it's about uh, deaths reported to the VARES system long before there were COVID jabs. And this is a stunning, stunning uh, revelation because it com comes out in the peer-reviewed medical literature. It's not something that we have a bias, and so we're, we're making it up. In fact, what's revealed in this uh, is just so, so stunning. Let's see. It's on PubMed Central. Here it is. Yeah, you can find it on PubMed. Headline, Deaths Reported to the Vaccine Adverse event reporting system united states 1997 to 2013 all right so shouldn't be controversial it's all long before covid jabs so uh, here we go what do we find out in this article is, is is just amazing that in in that time frame they've reported 2149 deaths of children in that time frame from 1997 to 2013 now in this art same article they said that 79.4 percent of the children who died died within one day of getting vaccines and more than one at a time, right? I, I, I told you I wouldn't be really clear on how I'm communicating this, so Super Don can add into this mix anytime as well. But that means that 1,469 of those, ki of, those, of those total deaths were kids. Out of those 1,469 kids, 1,166 kids died on the same day of getting multiple vaccines. And then the conclusion within this PubMed Vera's reported article, peer-reviewed, published, is there are no concerning patterns that have emerged that we can see here. <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, thousands of deaths is not concerning uh, in a day. In a, yeah, on the same day you get the shot, you have multiple shots, you die. We don't see anything of concern here. And, and to say that strange credulity, again, you're not a, 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 an MD or a master's of public health, nor am I. But that's why we can see through it. We're paid, no, not to see what they want us to see, but what we see with our very own eyes. Right. And they, you know, and they also, they're really good at that. So you're reading the data, you're looking at the data, and you're looking at them like something's very, very wrong here. But everybody's telling you, no, you're crazy. This is how it's supposed to be. This is totally normal. Mm -hmm. These kind of deaths, this is to be expected. Um, you know, and- this is the VAERS database, is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And, you know, it's wild because they aren't even all reported. That is a high death oh, count. That's a lot of, of dead total, children. Yeah. That's a lot of dead children. And they're about to uh, uh, pass uh, in EUA. Uh, right. For zero to five-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, coming up tomorrow, I believe they're going to be doing that. 
And, you know, you're going to see those same kind of death rates because their autoimmune responses, little children is so far greater than somebody who like my grandmother got it. Mm. You know, this could potentially kill thousands and thousands of children instantly. And, you know, they will not care, but they'll gaslight you and tell you, oh, this is normal. This is just a side effect of the vaccine. Sudden adult death syndrome. That's not new. That's been around for a long time. Uh, You know, uh, Robert F. Kennedy, he has uh, Bobby Kennedy. He has started a um, a website. They put together a great form uh, for you to send a note to your legislators, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, please stop this from happening to children. Stop this rollout. Mm -hmm. Um, Stop the vaccine approval. You know, children are going to die. You know, this isn't about big pharma money anymore. Haven't they gotten enough money? You know, I think I think they've been paid out enough. And I think it's time uh, that um, we, you know, really stand up and fight for children. So please go on their website on the Children's mm-hmm. Health Defense and sign up, you know, send a letter to your legislator to please stop this for once in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, here's the deal. I want to tell these legislators who have blackmail on them. I don't care. You know, please fight for us. Whatever comes out. We will like, you know, stand with you if you're fighting for us. If you made a mistake, it happens. You know, a lot of us have made a lot of mistakes. We've done some really bad things, unless you like sacrifice a kid or something like that. But if you did drugs and the lobbyists or these Luciferian officials are holding you hostage uh, or blackmailing it over your head, listen, if you're fighting for us, we'll overlook it, um, that kind of thing. So, you know, I think it's time that we, you know, this is serious. This is little children. This is yeah. little children. And uh, if you're not going to fight for the kids, you will stand before the Lord one day and you will yeah. be held to account for everything you have done. And this is something when you go after his little children, when you murder his little children or you lead them astray, um, that is going to be the worst of the worst for you. There's a special place yeah. in hell for you. So Lauren, you- I, I don't know with all the letter writing and everything, if it's going to make a difference, but I, I'm not going to dissuade anybody from doing so. Maybe it will. But I will say what this means is that if you haven't figured it out, the public health system, the United States government at this point, the de facto government has no legitimacy. When it does this, when it approves an experimental mRNA injection to alter DNA protein synthesis among the most innocent among us, the children, based on absolutely no need, no emergency whatsoever, that they would even consider this. It should be dismissed before it even comes up for a vote. It'd be like, are you kidding? This is stupid. That it's coming up for a vote and that it likely will be a fait accompli, that it's just a rubber stamp as these things often are, should tell you that there is no legitimacy anymore in these uh, uh, governmental um, agencies. And at that point, then you have a decision you need to make. The entirety of the participatory system, which is, you know, it's held up by illusion. Our participation in the system keeps it going. And so our very funding of this system means that we are at least on some level not only compliant, but making it possible for these things to happen. And I said, yeah. what if what if they throw a pandemic and no one shows up? What if they approve this and no children show up? No parents bring children. That's where we got to go because the government's going to do what it's going to do at this point until we defund it to the point where it has nothing left to come after us and our children. It's yeah, a different, it's, it's a harsh thing to realize though. Yeah, it's true. And you know, a lot of parents are guilty. You know, we're like, we shouldn't depend on the government to save us and the kids. We shouldn't uh, because it will let you down because it's oh. part of it's a branch of the Luciferian hand that is trying to take hold of our nation. It starts with the family. Like we said, smallest form of government is the family. Mm-hmm. If your government, your small government is in order, you're, you do not participate in this and you have a choice to not take your child to do this. It's experimental. 
Like it's still an experiment. You don't want them to run experiments on your kids, you know, unless you like absolutely hate your kids, which, you know, we have like that's very questionable with some of these liberals who are now willing to they want to sacrifice kids as soon as they're like born all the way up to birth, sometimes even after the birth mm -hmm. when they're there. And, you know, it's like, oh, like they have no regard for human life whatsoever. But, you know, we can be better. And you had mentioned faith leaders earlier. There are faith leaders who compromise. They took money from, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the Fauci, uh, you know, we had Fauci and TD Jakes uh, together pushing the vaccine on, uh, on people in churches. There were flocks that got sold out. Um, you know, we need faith leaders. We need Christians. We need men to stand up mm -hmm. and fight for these babies, but also be men in your households as well. So, you yeah. know, it's just, it's just America's sick. It's, yeah. it's diseased and it's sick right now. Um, and it's soul. And, you know, we have to continue to pray for it as well. It's disturbing. Well, it's, it's really, I would just sit back yeah. and think in like the last two years, three years, how America, my country that I loved has changed. And it's frustrating that we're having to. Well, the, the, the seeds, the seeds were planted generations ago to get to this point. You know, it didn't yeah. happen in two years. The yeah. fear of the germ is a fear of death, which is a fear of living. And God yeah. didn't ask us to have a spirit of fear. And so that's another aspect as the fear of germs divides us from that which created us because he created us with germs in us. In fact, we're more germ than mammal in terms of our body, our physical body. That's not, uh, you know, it's humbling. In fact, it, we rely on the very bugs that we are afraid of. God didn't make it so we should be afraid of it, but we should sustain that balance by caring for our body like a temple, a precious temple that it is, the gift of life that it is. Uh, Lauren, when are you and uh, Ed on the air? When do you do your show? So we will be on Crosstalk News tonight on the Stu Peters Network on Rumble. Uh, you can find us. Just go on to Rumble. Look up the Stu Peters Network. We'll be on tonight around 730. We have a new episode of Crosstalk News. I'm going to do a deep dissect into these La Quinta studies and what they have found in the vaccine, the mm -hmm. crazy nanobots and metals and all the crazy stuff they're using to kill us. Also, Edward Zoll has a story about um, Navy pilots. Uh, their planes are literally crashing. Uh, six people recently died. You won't hear about this um, from a vac vaccinated pilot. So, you know, Edward has some top military intel. He's in mm -hmm. with all those people. Like the information he gets is yeah. amazing. So don't forget uh, to tune into the Stu Peters Network on Rumble and watch Crosstalk News. Well, shout out again to our buddy Edward. We miss him. Tell him we appreciate him and anything we can do to help out on this end from our perspective or vantage point, you just reach out, let us know. And if you ever want to jump in on anything here, Lauren, you're, you're more than welcome. I enjoyed having you on the show today. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That's Lauren Witzke. And uh, you heard where she's at and she's working with our buddy Edward Zoll as well on the network that Stu Peters has set up. So thank you for that. And uh, next hour, we've got uh, Tia Severino. We're going to do uh, some reviews of the Next Steps Conference in Atlanta, as well as the, the Nurse Freedom Network. Our, our friend Kimberly Overton set that up, just did a great job of putting a, a conference together outside of Nashville this past weekend as well. And the pushback from uh, certain groups, we'll discuss that as well. And man, I, I'm still standing, but I don't think my brain's working much today. Hopefully I'm making some sense. I'll have to rely on, lean on Super Don uh, a little bit more than usual. Actually, who am I kidding? I lean on him all the time. I don't know how he's even standing up. Oh, he's not. He's sitting. What are you doing sitting down on the job, Super Don? I'm standing still. What's that all about? <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't gotten my standing desk yet. <clears throat> oh, I know. It, all in good time. Everything yes. in, in its time. So, uh, again, Lauren uh, did a great job there, though, the, her coverage of yeah. that. They're not mm -hmm. afraid. And, 
And I think the discussion about and the, the, the term anti-vaxxer, it's fascinating as she described her journey running for the Senate mm-hmm. and, and, you know, not knowing much about it and being warned about it. Now she's like, I'm wearing the badge as I talk about more doctors and nurses coming out and going, yeah, no, never again. None of these shots. Never yeah. again. She did actually really well on her on her race. She she won the primary, mm-hmm. but she lost in the general. But um, what state was that? I want to say it's Iowa. I'd have to double check on that. But. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Upcoming events, Super Don. We'll uh, maybe lead with that a little bit in the second hour. Also, uh, the reduction of testosterone by drugs. <laughs> it's on top of what we just talked about where are the men where are they going but it's safe it's safe probably we did a clinical trial yeah. nothing to worry about man I, i'm just gonna yeah just wait for that folks we're gonna cover that again upcoming events a uh, shout out to our friends at trinity school of natural health that's one of the upcoming events the trinity health freedom expo uh middle of october 2022 i want to see y'all there in uh, tinley park just outside of chicago and a lot of our friends will be having a great reunion, including many of you that will go. And hey, shout out to Christy. Now I'll remember this. KM Ketchell in the uh, in the chat room, Superdome. Mm-hmm. She actually picked me up uh, from the airport when I got into Nashville. And she was wow. an incredible, incredible help for Kimberly for the entire Nurse Freedom Network weekend event. So Christy, thanks for all that you're doing. Big hugs to you. Appreciate you. Very cool. Very kind of you and all, all the service that you were giving over this past weekend. So thanks y'all for being here. RobertScottBell.com. Shine up, sign up, shine up. See, this is it. My, my, uh, lack of uh, speaking ability. Uh, I'm glad Tia's coming on. She knows how to speak. So stand by for that and a whole lot more an hour or two. Come on over to RobertScottBell.com. You can text, uh, RSB to 22828 to be part of our email alert system and uh, appreciate you supporting those of, uh, those brave companies supp- supplying services and, and products that are fulfilling, I think, our mission to bring the power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. You'll find them often there and right there on our website at robertscabbell.com. So thanks for being here. Quick pause for education and back after this with Tia Severino because the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The uh, talking about the feminization of the American male or the Western male. Uh, you just heard about the IGF one plus stuff, and I'm taking this every day. Have been for I don't know a few months now, putting on muscle, and I don't know if I've gotten tougher. If you've noticed, but certainly those of you who saw me in person, I'm not easy to just kind of blow over with a, a light breeze like I used to be. And so uh, this is something that I want you all to, to uh, consider trying, if you would. And we had Christopher Key, our buddy, on last week talking about it. We'll, we'll get on some doctors and others uh, discussing uh, this formulation of how it facilitates the growth factors in a healthy way and testosterone. That's uh, uh, certainly not only men need, but women too, to some degree. But primarily now I'm concerned about the men. There's an article here. Uh, and we have it linked up in the show notes. It went out as well in the uh, newsletter today that Super Don sent out. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Yeah, it is study finds. And it's astonishing, this headline. 
that anybody could get away with it and 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 not see i don't know if irony is the right word but something's messed up about this it says male birth control pill lowers testosterone without side effects <laughs> excuse me you're going to take a drug to lower testosterone and i the thing is the drug lowering testosterone would normally be considered a side effect unless it was desirable effect and they market that effect. All of the effects of drugs are really direct effects of drugs. The ones they want to market, they call, well, testosterone lowering in this case. And then they say there are no side effects. But what is the effect of the drug? It lowers testosterone. What do you think a side effect or a direct effect of lowering testosterone is? Feminization of the male? Further, more overt, more direct? Haven't we had enough of wimpy Wonka males not standing up and protecting women and children? And I'm not saying women can't be warriors. I acknowledge that women are warriors too. In many cases, they have been the warriors on the front battles against big pharma and doctors who are injecting children with shots that were manifesting in the autism spectrum and even death. And the men were like, just go along with the doctor. The doctor knows best, you know, because the doctor would look at the woman. It's like, what do you know? You're just a woman. Like men should be so outraged when a doctor does that. That's not, it's not subtle, the diss on women. And of course, modern medicine is a very, uh, let's say patriarchal kind of, uh, uh, paradigm that has degraded women for, for centuries at this point. So let's look at some other effects that they'll call side effects that don't exist of low testosterone, low or no sex drive, erectile dysfunction, decreased sense of well-being, depressed mood, difficulties with concentration and memory, fatigue, moodiness, irritability, loss of muscular strength. Of course, in the clinical trial, they saw none of this or because they they're trying to make this happen. They don't call it a side effect. They call it a desired effect. Male birth control pill lowers testosterone without side effects. No one see, I guess irony. That's it. No one sees the irony in this. It's sad. It's sad. Now I'm going to talk more. I think in this hour, eventually I'm planning. Let me just look at my notes here. Uh, this hour, we got Tia Severino scheduled to join us in a moment. We got questions of the day, opening doors on pastorship. You know what? <sighs> I wanted to talk about it more, and I think I will. And maybe Tia can join me on this. Uh, last hour, I uh, mentioned, and, and so did Lauren, about the seemingly inevitable, just about to be emergency use authorization for COVID jabs for zero to four years of age, zero to five, basically. That this is even being considered should tell you all you need to know about the illegitimacy of not only that group considering it, but the larger agencies associated with it and the larger government that, you know, puts that out there and says, yeah, listen to them. We're going we're to listen to them and we'll, we'll authorize it. And at a certain point, perhaps because you have no testosterone, you can't see it the way I see it. That this is a direct declaration of war on the last remaining least able to defend themselves of us, our children. To target them for termination, illness and death 
It destroys their immune system. We already know that with adults. Each shot wipes out the immune system further until the only immune system you have is artificially induced through a shot every six months if you survive the clots and the heart attacks and the strokes and on and on it goes. Much less chimeric organisms, genetic uh, splicing of multiple species to be able to put into you any number of things like that that are set to occur. And why is it that you're not up in arms about it? Probably you have little to no testosterone even before this drug that they're testing to reduce it even further if they could get away with it. Why are they tre- uh, basically stimulating your existence, gender dysphoria, gender confusion? We don't know who we are. I don't know who I am. Am I a male or a female? Is that even in- exist anymore? What kind of insane doctor or anybody else says that with a straight face? I recognize as many of you do that the reduction or the alteration of endocrine integrity via a lot of things from pesticides to plasticizers to birth control pills, all of these things eking in not just through drugs and shots, but just the environment, the water you drink, the food you eat has also contributed greatly to confusion among various generations. But just like they're trying to say that, uh, Yeah, autism is normal and always happened. And now sudden adult death syndrome has always been happening. It's just better diagnosed, people dropping dead. And then you look at the VAERS reporting system from that article we brought up in the the last hour. And 79.4% of the kids that died in the VAERS system long before uh, there was uh, a COVID jab died in within one day of multiple shots. And they said there are no patterns that have emerged that we can witness that make any concern for us at all. And these are the doctors and scientists that are running the NIH and NIAID right now that are controlling the media and the media talking heads, the the morons that will say anything for money, promoting this idea that this is perfectly normal. And yes, we've had sad sudden adult death syndrome forever. And that those that follow pop culture and music stars like Justin Bieber getting facial paralysis is like, that's just hey sorry bad luck on him and i think his girlfriend had something even worse normal stuff in young people cardiovascular events in young people yeah we we always had that right you remember those of you in gen x old enough like super don and me to remember that that was not normal at all it wasn't even something we encountered ever and now it's the norm So how is it that we can go one day forward more and think that we can vote the bums out and put new people in that are even good right now? And that's going to make the difference. This is perhaps the most controversial conclusion I've come to. And I came to this many, many years ago that unless you constrain and limit the size, scope and uh, reach of the federal government, much less your state and local government, that whoever you put in there will become compromised via being bought out or compromised by other mechanisms that Lauren mentioned last hour, or they'll be isolated like Ron Paul, who did a lot of good in educating us, but couldn't really affect powerful change within the government system. So somebody, you can try and talk me off the ledge, but I think George Carlin was right as well. Super Don, I think, knows what I'm talking about and probably as as we find you know areas of agreement occasionally between me and super d 
how do you perceive that you, you make you make it sound like 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 uh, we disagree all the time all the time all the time we yeah. are just fighting like cats and dogs all the time behind the scenes no we don't because we don't have enough testosterone well actually i do now <laughs> yes so i don't know if you want to add anything to that but I, that, that's just the follow-up <laughs> and we'll bring t in in just a moment here i i know i'm anxious to hear from her but i want to hear from you real quick and then we'll uh transition into no not that kind of transition a common thing these days isn't it apparently i left i left my flowery hat in the other room i'm sorry you're man enough to wear anyway yeah i don't i don't really have anything to add to that um it's it's uh, i mean i i I saw the same thing that you did when i saw that that article Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know no side effect it's like there's that's impossible it's impossible to lower yeah. your testosterone, and not just like it. it would be. It would be impossible to raise your estrogen mm-hmm. without there being a side of. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah, you know, the hip bone's connected to the leg bone. Right. I mean, it's like you know, one thing is connected to another somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you start tinkering around with levels and things like that. It's yeah. it's something's going to happen. It's just yeah. going to. So for them to say now, maybe what they meant to say. Uh, we didn't find any serious side effects, maybe, or something. No, I, I mean, know. they didn't say it. I think that the effects that they're seeing are the ones they want, so they won't call them side find, effects. It's about listen, marketing. Find me, find me any drug yeah. made by any pharmaceutical company mm-hmm. that does not have a side effect. They're, they're, I, don't, I don't believe one exists. In fact, you get these guys, these scientists and these doctors and stuff like that, they, they, they'll just tell you, no, of course there's side effects. All, all yeah. drugs have side effects. That's just something that drugs do. They have yeah. side effects. It's just a given thing. You don't yeah. question it. You don't act surprised by it. It's just That's just how it is. They have side effects, right? Yeah, well, they're all direct effects that they don't market well So they, you know, until they re- repackage. And, of course, one of the things that will have to, uh, I guess, increase in sales, things like Viagra, because one of the side effects of lowering testosterone is what? Erectile dysfunction. So they'll sell another drug in response to that. You know, funny thing, because I just, I just saw it the other day, and I'm just pulling up the news here. Well, and as you do, just a reminder, the side effect of a drug that preceded Viagra was the erectile something pops up, right? Oh, yeah, no, it was a blood they, pressure drug, and yeah, they, they blood, found and that then, it, did, it had that other effect. And, so and then they re-marketed it as a, as a direct effect that they liked, no, and then no. the other effects were side effects. Check this out. This yeah. came across my, my, uh, my show prep the other day. Yeah. There was a, uh, a morning sickness drug years mm. and years ago that they gave to a bunch of women that caused a bunch of birth defects. You remember that drug? Yeah. Remember what it's called? On any other day, I would. <laughs> Thalidomide, Thalidomide, right? Of course, yes. Oh, man, that is like, that's <sighs> like the evil stepchild of drugs, right? Uh, thalidomide. You can't find, at least in my experience over the years, looking at different drugs and new stories and studies. So like a thalidomide's like the one. That's the one where they just go, oh, that was a horrible terrible thing but that was a one-off they'll say well they've brought it back <laughs> right <laughs> because they've they they uh, have uh, discovered that it treats damage uh, uh blood vessel disorder mm-hmm. some damaging blood vessel disorder and they're now looking at bringing it back and using it for for another purpose yeah a perfect and then example anybody's of around that what you were just talking about right yeah, exactly 
thalidomide. Who thought they would bring... You'd think that they would have banned that, locked it away in a tower somewhere forever because it's a big black eye. No, they, they, and they've been toying with bringing thalidomide back for years. It's not the first time they've... they've well, apparently, a, this, is, this is the one. Yeah. I mean, how many kids? I mean, the, 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 the images and stuff are terrible showing what right. thalidomide did to women. All right. Uh, so, to, hey, to babies. as we as we move into the next segment here with Tia, I'm just putting it out to the audience. You tell me how putting good people into a government that is so large and so all encompassing that can do pretty much anything is actually going to fundamentally shift and change anything other than around the edges, like a rearranging the deck chairs. You've heard that. I, I maybe you know something I don't know. I'm just for years I've just I. If you guys don't constrain this as our founders warned us to do, it doesn't matter who went in because they didn't rely on good people going into government. They knew even good people could be corrupted, so they said, let's constrain the government so that even if bad people are in it, they can do little to no harm to any of us. And that's where I come back to my conclusion is that how do we know we've won when you don't care who the president is? Because they could do so little damage because they've been constrained, so restricted by the founding documents in the Constitution. Until that happens, you guys keep putting good people in and let's see where it goes. Republicans replace Democrats. Democrats replace Republicans. Am I trying to bum you out? No, I'm just trying to put a reality blanket and, and over you and then pull it out and go, you see what you see? You, did you follow the history of the Hegelian dialectic from the 1880s to now? Jonathan E. Ward wrote, that book now jonathan is going to disagree with me because you know he's all about voting the bad guys out and putting republicans in i totally get it right i'm not telling you what to do or not what not to do and yes it will change things for a little bit but if those republicans go in like previous republicans and don't actually fundamentally shift the, the course of government and restrict it back and eliminate the entire oligarchy bureaucratic oligarchy the administrative state and on and on it goes and reverse treaties that are violative of the Constitution that give global governments a, a leg in. And reverse the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 that established an ability to destroy the American people by destroying the dollar and making them weak and enslaved to a uh, debt that they could never repay or be repaid. I mean, these are the things that are so fundamental to how do we get here? And you think, well, if we just put some good Republicans in, it's going to change everything. No, it'll change some things, but not fundamentally. We still got the same basic stuff that very few people talked about and were actually willing to do. How many governors, as we learned about Christy Nome in North Dakota, seemingly good? Well, she was only good because the people of South Dakota wouldn't stand it if she did all the other crazy crap in COVID. And DeSantis seems like a, a, a great guy, seems to be very, very intelligent and have a lot of integrity in that realm. Could he take that up to the federal level? I don't know. But if you don't have the people stopping their complicit behavior, their compliance with unconstitutional overreach at every level, put, a, put somebody in there. They know you're not serious because you're still complying. They know you're not serious because you're still funding. They know you're not serious because you're still taking your kids to doctors. Now, Many of you I'm not talking about, so if you're not offended, you know I'm not offending you. If you are offended, then you need to look in the mirror and start going, what are we really doing? How are we really changing this scenario? Man, I'll pause there and bring in my good buddy, Tia Severino. If she's ready to go, Super Don, bring her in. Tia is a miracle worker in her own right because she put on the Next Steps Conference, and within 
less than 24 hours after the original place we we're going to have it canceled because of fear and misinformation and disinformation. <laughs> she found a way to make it happen. It was an amazing conference. And then we got to hang out a little bit this past weekend in Nashville with Kimberly Overton and the nurse freedom network. Tia, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I, am, uh, finally rested up. You know, you were talking about your brain not working for the whole week after the conference. I could <laughs> yeah. not, um, just, you can feel you know, me. You feel my pain. I can feel your pain. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure your brain is still functioning. It's just taking a vacation, a much needed one. Well, the <laughs> pathway from the brain to the words that come out of my mouth are not as clear. Although I have warmed up in the second hour with you, I can feel it coming back online a little bit, but I don't want to steal your thunder because I know you've got a lot of updates as well. And oh, no, you want to share some of your good. I'm sending you good, positive energy. You know, it's kind of like when you um, when you lose signal mm -hmm. uh, to your phone from the cell phone tower, and so you're not getting notifications, so you can't get that email that your friend sent you like you know t 20 minutes before because you're mm -hmm. not getting it's it's the emails there. Yeah, your device just can't uh, pull it up, and and so it's a very similar situation going on there. And that's Charlie in the background. Yeah, and I see Liberty the cat too, right? Liberty the cat, Charlie yeah. the dog, and Lucy is hiding under the stairs. So we're going to have a full menagerie. And if we're lucky, I should say, if we're not lucky, we might have a teenager streak through the. Uh, oh yeah! All right. Well, look, I know you may do. or may not have pants on. Well, Tia, you you, oh, you know everyone ahead of time. Well, we know you you've you've dealt with the vaccine injury and the autism spectrum scenario with children. And that, that brought you into a state of activation and activism. And I've talked about the moms being the warriors and the dads being the wimps and wussies. And I'm not indicting every dad because there are dad warriors that are waking up and have. But by and large, it was the women, the moms who moved this forward and and maybe uh, didn't fall prey to the COVID fear or scam and got their kids jabbed with the mRNA because they knew the regular ones were bad enough. This is not going to be better. Right. And there goes the teenager. Luckily he is wearing pants. Okay, good. Um, I have, uh, I have, uh, kind of, a thoughts about the whole, why moms are the, the ones that are in the forefront on the battleground and the mm -hmm. dads are not, and we do have some great warrior dads and they're not to be dis discredited or dismissed and they're, they're very valuable, but you know, men and women, I know this is going to come as a shock to you today, Robert, but there are major differences between men and women and the way that women handle things and the way that men handle things are differently. We need a breaking news theme right now. I know, gosh forbid. Um, but men, generally speaking, are the, um, the breadwinners. They, they're the ones, they're the hunters, the hunters, uh, they go out and they, they, they go out and they, fix problems in the world and autism and vaccine injury presents a problem that is not so easy to fix. And so for men, I think that when, especially because it's mostly boys um, with autism, it's a four, four or five times as many boys um, have autism as girls, um, that there's a special relationship between a man and his son. And when a man has a son he is thinking of all the things that he's going to do with his son and dreaming of the accomplishments of his son 
And so when his son, when a man's son is injured, I think that it, it does something. It's more of a, it's a, a deep blow. It's a deep blow. And the idea is floating around out there that it's older sperm and older fathers that are part of the, you know, reason for um, the increase in autism. Of course, that's not true. I have plenty of friends who are young who have children with autism, but that's one of the right. ways that they like to dismiss it. And so the idea of it being genetic, the idea that, you know, that this, it's just, it's a lot for men to bear. And I'm not speaking for every man out there. I'm certainly not speaking for any men out there because I'm not a man. But as someone who is a kind of a big picture person that sees patterns, sees, I, I see patterns and things. And I, mm -hmm. I think that a lot of this has to do with a, the men are busy. They're working, you know, like in my household, we're one of the 20% of autism families that have stayed together. It's an 80% divorce rate in the, um, in the autism community. Yeah. And in the case of in my family, my husband is working. He's um, he's busy trying to make sure that the bills get paid, that we can buy the supplements, take my son to the functional medicine doctor that's been helping him for years. You know, these things are what I think are men who are they're either divorced from their wives. And it's another, you know, the moms are their single parents. And that's an even bigger kudos to the moms that are out there fighting that are single parents. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're doing this, they're juggling both roles, mom and dad, and they're taking on this warrior thing. I don't really know. I think that, um, but, but that's my explanation for it. A lot of the dads are working. Um, a lot of times they just don't know what to do and they take, they, it's a harder burden, I think for the men, you know, with women, we have this thing growing inside of us with moms. We have this, this creature, this human being that grows inside of us. And you've heard the expression that there's no love like a mother's love or Luke Severino. I asked you to be quiet. You are running through the house and slamming stuff, buddy. Calm down. So, you know, um, you have a baby and then it doesn't like, I don't know a single mother that their child was handed to them with a disability that that mother doesn't love the child as much as their children that are not disabled. Um, and who would not go to the ends of the earth to not only protect their child, to fight for their child, to be the voice for their child, but also, you know, we have a special like nurturing thing going on where we also want to, I know I can speak for myself. I am not only a mother to my children, but I'm a mother to my friends and I'm a mother. I feel like to the world, like I want to protect the other babies. Like I, I don't want the mom that's out there that's pregnant right now. I don't want, if there's anything that can be done to avoid her child being injured, like my children were injured, then I'm going to do everything I can to give that mom that information so that she can be better armed to, you know, make the right choices for her child. So I don't know um, if it's all to do with the genetic differences, the biological differences between men and women, but, uh, but that's my explanation for it. A lot of the dads are working and a lot of them have a really tough time with, you know, the idea that yeah. something that's wrong with them, i.e. genetics or their age or whatever excuse that they want, they want to give. Mm -hmm. could be the reason for sure. And I think this is also why a lot of parents don't recognize vaccine injury 
because ultimately at some point, I think we're at a point right now, Robert, you can tell me if you disagree, but I think we are at a point right now where we have been screaming from the rooftops and even with the censorship, you know, they're saying that we are winning people over five times as fast as the pro-vaccine side. So at some point in, in time, there, there has to come to that these people have heard this warning before. So if they've heard the warning and they didn't heed it and then their child is injured, you know, that expression by Mark Twain, it's easier to fool a man than convince him that he's been fooled. It's yes very difficult. I think it's the same thing as at play with doctors too. Like, why won't the doctor see it there? These kids are coming to see them and then they're coming back with severe injuries and they can't seem to make the connection that it's the vaccine. Well, they have to take some responsibility, wouldn't they? Wouldn't these parents who have heard the warnings and ignored it or scoffed at the warnings if they, if their child was injured, wouldn't they have to admit that they could have heeded the warnings and avoided their child's injuries? Tia, the, recognition by doctors and nurses now we would acknowledge like this past weekend even when we were in nashville for the nurse freedom network event mm -hmm. i am seeing evidence that some are breaking free of the uh the cognitive dissonance perhaps or the the feigned ignorance or the out outright total arrogance of the medical profession on this issue and uh, peter mccullough is talking about in the hundreds of doctors that actually know it and are speaking out, but many more know it and are not speaking out because they're mm -hmm. cowards, I think at this point. Mm -hmm. But what would you say seeing what you saw this weekend? Also at your event, uh, the, the shift is on. Go, yeah. um, well, you know, I mean, it's like with anything, everyone is on their own journey. Um, and some people's journey to awakening takes longer than others. And when you're talking about people in the medical profession, they've been thoroughly indoctrinated with, um, you know, 12 years of primary school, um, undergraduate school, medical, you know, going to get their medical degree and then going through, you know, their, their, um, uh, I, I'm, Tia, I'm going to encourage people now without equivocation, do not go to medical school. Stop going. Mm -hmm. What they're churning out are the destroyers of life, not the, those that save life. If you value life, then go into something else besides modern medicine, Flexner Report Medical Schools. And I've not, I, I don't think I've ever said that directly like that. I'm just so now at this point over the entire, I'm trying to be nice to doctors. And I was very direct. You heard me speak. Uh, at this last weekend, I try to be nice, but at this point, how can you be nice with people that are continuing to destroy life and uh, that are willing to inject this into children, innocent children? Uh, now, zero to five is inevitably they'll probably rubber stamp this tomorrow. Right. At a certain point, you got to go. Don't go into that demonic profession because outside of the very narrow area where it actually has life-saving potential and actual, uh, you know, life-saving abilities. Everywhere else is corrupted and death-inducing. Well, you know, the Bible talks about you will know the tree by what? It's fruit. It's fruit. And so we really have to look at what the tree of the allopath has. What is it bearing? Yeah. And it has produced the third leading cause of death. Um, it's produced a myriad of side effects. I mean, we're talking about, um, 
something that was born out of the desire to destroy, which is what you mentioned, the Flexnar report. The whole purpose of the Flexnar report was that, you know, uh, Rockefeller had found a really clever use for the byproducts of the petroleum industry, which was these patent petroleum based patent medicine drugs. And much like his father before him, who was a snake oil salesman, I don't know how many people know that, but um, he wanted to sell these drugs and nobody wanted them because people had chiropractors, they had homeopaths, they had naturopaths, they had um, holistic doctors, they had traditional medicine. Mm -hmm. And so there was over 150, I think, different modalities of, 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 of medical what we call medical treatment, yeah, and which included, like I said, homeopathy and uh, holistic medicine, traditional medicine, what we like, you know, you think about Chinese medicine has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And so people were not interested in these patent medicine drugs that Rockefeller had. So they had to go about destroying the credibility. This is where we get the term quack from, okay, which is to say that is somebody who's a chiropractor or a, a holistic practitioner like yourself, like you were for many years or still, uh, I guess you still consider yourself to be a, a homeopathic doctor. Um, they, they had to set those people up to discredit them. They had to destroy all of those other institutions in order to become the accepted. Well, they exalted monopoly. And, yes. and this is what we've seen, the, the killing fields of hospitals born of this. Right. They were already the third leading cause of death. We already knew that when hospital workers and doctors went on strike and hospitals shut down, mortality in that given area or country dropped. And right. when they went back to work, it went right back up. Right. So this is not new. It's new to a lot of people. And now it's become so overt that I cannot hold back uh, from being direct and saying, please consider doing something else beside becoming another one of those. Yeah. Uh, Tia, I, I've got so many questions of the day I have to answer. And I know right. that you came, you came on and I, I kind of threw you a curveball, and you just rolled with it. Cause you're so awesome. I love having conversations with you, Robert. They're all, they always kind of have like a winding path. Oh yeah. They have a life of their own. And I know, yeah. you know, the history so well, that's why it's great to be able to converse with you. But I want to, before you go, please relay what you wanted the folks to know in, in, in the aftermath of the next steps that you was sure. a miracle that you got it done after everything that happened. It's just a testimony again to God's um, hand being on the next steps conference uh, from the moment that I, I came up with the idea. And so everything was going along swimmingly well, other than, you know, some scheduling conflicts with a couple of the speakers that had to drop off. I was, um, I had sold almost 400 tickets. I had probably um, $2,500 over the expenses needed for the event. So I was kind of on a pink cloud around Monday, Tuesday. I went to pick up my girlfriend from the airport who flew in from Oklahoma to help me out, my girl Stacy. And we were just bliss you know um and then wednesday rolled around and we started hearing murmurs about some article that atlanta and tifa had posted on their website and that it was really bad and and i'd actually taken um stacy up to the country to show her the two and a half acres that we bought up in the northwest uh, georgia countryside 
And so we came back from that, like kind of a bliss moment to this firestorm of, oh my God, this article of Antifa and, and the, the board of the church is all freaked out and they're, they're, they're going to meet uh, uh, to discuss what to do. And the pastor was uh, at the time he was like holding strong, but, but um, he got bullied by some members of the board at the church mm-hmm. who were using the Antifa article to justify um, breaking a contract that was signed March 5th um, to to have the conference at the church that had already been paid and the check had been cashed on Tuesday um, that they they bullied this poor guy. And meanwhile, meanwhile, um, what was going on outside was that Antifa was flyering the neighborhood and knocking on doors and that they went up onto the church property and flyered there. Basically, this flyer said that that uh, Unity Church is hosting a um, anti-Semite, um, anti-Semitic, transphobic, anti-vaccine, COVID-denying conference. Well, and of course, we know that wasn't true. We were there and you were able to secure uh, the double tree there in Roswell, uh, a miracle, and they did a great job. Hilton to the double tree. They bent over backwards for us. I, I, we got the word Wednesday night at 11 o'clock that they were going to cancel. I was on the phone to, I was on the phone to Hilton. Um, Uh, hey, you got but, any, space? but you, you know, you did it. They did a great job. And of course, when they were contacted and they were told hey, Antifa Atlanta, call them, make them cancel. The, the people in the hotel knew clearly that this was not that kind of event because the people were loving, they were hugging on one another. They were smiling. There were amazing messages of empowerment. There were great exhibitors there. So it was clearly Robert, not, we had every walk of life. Every, oh yeah. Every, every religion, religion, every race was there. Had, we had blacks, we had whites, we had Jews, we had Gentiles. We had literally everybody was there. Speakers yeah. were yeah. Jewish and and a rabbi. So you, Jennifer Margulis, Pam Popper, my all mom Jewish. from Israel was there. Enjoyed it immensely. Right? Israel. So, yeah, we had a rabbi who was one of the only. He kept his synagogue open. He was the only rabbi in California to keep his synagogue open. Of course, he was attacked. Um, everyone to do with the conference was attacked. They were calling the Doubletree saying there's hate speech going on. And the the ladies at the, at the Doubletree, they had started going in and actually listening to the conference and walking around and looking and checking things out because, you know, they're being told that there's right. hate speech going on. And so it, it came to a what, point what, where they were calling. What do we, Tia, what do we learn from this? On them. That's not what, do, what do we learn from this? These anti-fascist claims are actually pro-fascist. They're pro-censorship. They're fomenting fear and hatred and violence and division and the we're coming together fascists so, are yeah. working for the fascists okay yeah. and if you if you notice the um um the anti-fascist um flag that was flown in um germany in the 1930s it's very similar to the anti fa yeah. flag that they are using now it's literally the same flag y'all it's the same thing. well in the same way that i would urge people to see through the lies of modern medicine and what they do mm-hmm. see through the lies of these so-called anti-fascist groups that are anything but anti-fascist tia i, I gotta run i got so many questions of i gotta answer i'll be in big trouble robert robert yeah. you gotta yeah. let people know that yeah. the conference yeah. workshops are gonna be available on uimedianetwork.org okay. 
they are working um, through the night, every night this week to get those things edited and get them up on the website. So you'll be able to go and you'll be able to listen to all of the speakers from the conference and you can decide for yourself if there was into anything that was right. anti so when you when when these are up, will you get us a link that we can share with everybody? Absolutely, I'm going to get a link for you for the okay. Robert Scott Bell show, so that people when they go, um, they'll be able they to can support everything. Oh, wonderful! Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Tia, big hugs, and I especially enjoyed our our brunch together at that urban market in uh, Franklin, which is all organic. Oh, so good. Breakfast uh, with champions. That was awesome. So yes. thank you so much. Big hugs, Tia. It's always good to see you. I appreciate you so much. Love you. All right. Tia Severino, Next Steps Conference and more, and uh, getting an update on that. And now we got to dive headlong into our questions of the day, Super Don, so let her rip. All right. Our first question of the day is coming from Jackie. Uh, mentioned inflammation in Inflammation Summit with Dr. Jockers that, that was just playing uh, uh, over the last few days the free chapter on gut healing with the silver aloe protocol and uh, Jackie can't find it. So if you just scroll down on the Robert Scott Bell show page, uh, maybe it's different with different browsers like brave. You can't see some of the banners, but if you scroll down all the way to the bottom right-hand side of it, you'll eventually run to uh, something that says looking for the free chapter on silver aloe protocol. And then it says, download it here. And you click on that here is hyperlinked and it'll immediately open up that page, which is a PDF of the chapter on the silver aloe gut recovery protocol in the book, unlock the power to heal that Ty Bollinger and I wrote many years ago now. So there it is. You can see it right there and click on here and boom, it opens up and there's the chapter. So Jackie, hopefully you can find it. It's not that difficult and we've made it free for everybody and you don't even have to sign up for email alerts. Although I will, as I'm working now that I'm, I'll be back for a while on an ebook about COVID jab reversal stuff. And uh, we'll make that available only to those who are signed up for email alerts. By the way, we do have our upcoming AMA for our patrons too. And uh, that's going to be a Saturday, I think the 24th of June, if I'm not mistaken, we'll, we'll let you know about that. Next question of the day from Maryland. You did a great show about sleep and talked about a product to help you sleep. Can you send me the link to the vendor who sells this Maryland? Well, I think you're talking about uh, Jamie Dorley and Joe Messino when we were talking about sleep. Uh, recently. Uh, they're from Nutritional Frontiers and they have an amazing sleep formula uh, that we've tried and it is it is terrific. And I would say you go to nutritionalfrontiers.com. When you order it, use the code RSB15, you will get a significant discount, a 15% discount. Whether it's on sale or not, you will get the 15% additional. And uh, I think Superdon's trying to show you this uh, product so we can get it on screen for you real quick here. Uh, but you can go to cbdnf.com, sign up for um, become a customer of theirs. You get the, what we call the, uh, sample packet and you can take a picture of those samples, send it in with you into Superdon's email address, ask RSB at gmail.com. And, uh, then you'll be included in our maybe monthly or semi-monthly drawing when we give this way. Here's the sleep time formula. Well worth the investment and you get 15% off of it. It's called sleep time from nutritional frontiers. And I would have you check it out and try it. If you're having difficulty sleeping, so that is the simple answer to that question. And I'm glad you asked it. I'm glad that we got an easy answer for you, Marilyn. All right. Next question of the day is coming from LS. LS is asking, uh, for over 17 years, we've been looking for someone to help heal our now 36-year-old son's alopecia totalis. 
which has been diagnosed as autoimmune, probably with an emotional component. Since then, he's had one dose of the jab and suffered from irregular heartbeat and increased blood pressure. The symptom has subsided, but he has inflammation that he's trying to treat on his own. Who can help? We live in Southern California. Now, LS, I don't know who's still left in Southern California who can help. Have they all, all the good people, have they run out of there? All the good doctors, have they realized they're, uh, they're on the hit list and have they left? I don't know. Who's in Southern California in this audience that knows of somebody you would say, hey, this is a guy or gal who does holistic stuff for alopecia that can help in this case. Now, alopecia, it's the, you know, the hair loss. It's autoimmune. Typically, they argue that the immune system's attacking the follicles themselves where the hair comes out. And so I, it begs the question, why? You know, and you're not supposed to ask that question in modern medicine. Just take this drug. And I want to know why. Why is there an autoimmune response? What is happening? Is it heavy metals? Is it a lack of, of key minerals? Is it the alteration of self to the point where the immune system says, that's not me anymore. That's not you. That's not self. And it begins to attack. Now, we do know there are key minerals that are integral to the healthy uh, uh, growth of hair and including the follicles as well. One for many years we've talked about is silica or silicon. And that formula that we utilize is from Alta Health products that we get. I get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. RSB5 is the discount code for anything you get from Jonathan. He's a great supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, and he carries all the whole food supplements, 100% whole food, not whole food brand, whole food supplements that we utilize. And that's the silica. Now, in combination with silica, we must look at copper. Copper is critical for skin, hair, and nails, as is silica, and they're both very important. But for the Cooper Enzyme Pathways, uh, we talk about integrity, integrity of self, integrity of the connective tissue. So, so the sovereign copper, which you can also get, I have a box, you know, I'm holding a box up here. You can see it. Sovereign copper is something I would also do in, in alopecia cases, as well as selenium. Selenium is the most critical component of protecting the integrity of cells and the immune system and the liver and all of these things. Cause uh, alopecia and, and all autoimmune conditions are exacerbated, if not caused by toxic burdens of any and all kinds of things that should be getting out of the body. So you want to help that to be removed and that both the silica, the silica can help remove aluminum and the uh, selenium can help remove other heavy metals like mercury, which is also playing a, a role in inflammation and damage to tissue. Uh, let's see if there's anything else here we're looking at to address. You can use copper and silver locally over the area as well. So that's the short version. And I know we've got so many smart people in the chat room right now. You might be chatting in and typing, hey, what about this? What about this? So consider more than that as we're uh, plowing through these questions of the day today. Uh, let's see what else we got. Don, not super Don, but a different Don. I have met a couple from church who have an autistic child about five years old that was damaged by the MMR shot. He is so hyperactive. It's unbelievable. Never sit still always grabbing, pulling anything he can get his hands on. I got to pause here at the moment. And I just want to add something else for LS right up above the question of the day for LS <clears throat> blood flow. If you don't add, have adequate blood flow to the areas like the hair follicles, they'll be altered, damaged and corrupted. And then the immune system will eventually event. Hey, that doesn't look like the hair follicle. We used to know attack creating a, you know, a permanent state of damage, perhaps, so that that follicle can't grow hair. What do we know facilitates the blood flow to the micro and through the microcapillary beds? Copper and selenium 
together. We get that from choosebehealthy.com and Cardio Miracle to facilitate the enhanced production, sustained production safely of nitric oxide, which then has compounded benefits in terms of auto autophagy or autophagy in removing the debris that contributes to autoimmunity or anything, you know, when you have to cleanse and clean out an area, as well as now we know activating the stored vitamin D into the active form so that you get the benefit. You don't have to take more, just get normal sun exposure. You can actually get benefit uh, from the D that's already there and the little bit that is also in the cardio miracle. So I wanted to add that for LS. While it just kind of dawned on me, I apologize for the dis disruption of my own thought, but I, I kind of warned you today that might happen <laughs> and it did. So back to the next question with Don talking about uh, a, a very hyperactive attention deficit, relatively uh, intense autistic five-year-old and pulling on anything he gets his hands on. He twists and turns all night. Like he's really not sleeping. His dad is a big, strong man, but can't, you know, handle this even for him. Now it's, it's just getting out of hand. His mother told me he's on anti-seizure medications, which I don't understand. Any suggestions need help. Now, I don't know how open they are to come to the Autism One conference, August 17th, 18th, and 19th, I believe it is, or 19th, 20th, in uh, Tempe, you know, not uh, Mesa, Arizona, outside of Phoenix. But I think that would be a great place that the whole family could go, and it's very friendly for those that bring their children. Or if one of the family members can come, to it, you will be connected to uh, an entire community, doctors included, that have been working for decades with situations like this. <clears throat> the hyperactivity, the overstimulation of the nervous system, the pain within the gastrointestinal system that they can't necessarily communicate easily, resulting in such discomfort and movement and the stemming and all of these things that are trying to distract from the intense discomfort. And they try to drug you out of it or drug the kid out of it. And even the anti-seizure meds can overstimulate the nerves to shut them down and the brain down. I would look, of course, to CBD. And, you know, it's tough to say it without a doctor's help in those situations because not every child is the same and reacts the same way. But if you're a mom and a dad and you have this child and you can't access anybody to help you, at some point you got to experiment a little bit too and figure this out. But essential fats and CBD combinations help to soothe and calm and heal the brain and nervous system. And of course, the gut is everything. So healing the gut. And I've had success over the years with the silver aloe gut recovery protocol. Uh, and, it, and it's not putting in so much silver that they're, they're having trouble because they can't uh, metabolize metals, right? And oftentimes they have the, they call it the MTHFR scenario. I don't think that's a permanent state either, but uh, recognize the difficulty in excretion pathways. So homeopathic medicine for drainage properties, for helping the liver and the kidneys and the colon and the lymph, et cetera, and homeopathic remedies that address the gut and the nerves and the brain. A lot of these things, I give you the basis for understanding at Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org, the lecture on demand in clinical homeopathy to get you started. You know, even if you know nothing else, you could get started there and uh, help them in any way. So Don, I appreciate you asking the question on behalf of, of, of friends or a couple that you met at church. And of course, avoid all, any and all um, hyper-stimulating artificial sweeteners, additives, colorings, flavorings, preservatives, preservatives, pesticides, fungicides, you name it. And of course, the jab, which by the way, in that previous question, apparently with alopecia, that person got the jab and it made things worse, not better. Of course, you know that. 
not a surprise. All right. Finally, we've got one more article here about cruise ships. I don't think any of y'all are silly enough to go on cruise ships anymore, are you? But apparently <clears throat> the science has spoken at sciencedaily.com. You'll never believe what they've determined. <laughs> I don't know how to classify this, Super Don. Check out the headline at Science News. It says, opening of doors on passenger ships increases the risk of COVID-19 transmission. New study finds. Uh, <laughs> Okay, Super Don, take over. I got nothing. What? <laughs> I, I, I can't even. I, I'm a I, now. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's, that's the reaction that I had uh, earlier today when I saw this. So apparently they, they got together at mm-hmm. Cranfield University. Yeah. <clears throat> got together a team of, of, of researchers and scientists. Yeah. And found out that if you have not, listen, let, let's just put aside the doubts about COVID-19 as being real. Let's just say an airborne virus of some sort. Yeah. Okay. They discovered that if you open a door, yeah, that an airborne virus can yeah. go through. Mm. Um, how much did this study cost? I'm just <laughs> curious. I could have figured this out for like a buck fifty. Yeah, I think so. You're much less expensive. Dare not call you cheap, but. Super Don, it's just the silly science, right? This is what what do you call mo- <laughs> What did we have? Did we really? have a, a, a theme for that great moments in science or something? Great moments in science, yeah. yes. But a couple uh, three years ago we had we had a, a bit that we did on something like that. By yeah, the way, it's been my, a while since I've my, seen one this good. Yeah, that was a pop good up because this the, is that along with uh, testosterone lowering drugs has have no side effects. Uh, Super Don also my mom's in the audience. Hi mom, love you. She says her sister has alopecia as well, but hers was from an emotional shock. So yeah, I didn't, and thank you for reminding me, I didn't want to negate the emotional aspect of alopecia that does exist and can be made worse by anxiety and other, other fears, et cetera. And that's not to be ignored. So, uh, gelsemium, you know, again, CBD things that reduce anxiety could be helpful there as well. Um, K let's see, Christy says brain tap may also help. Yeah. Brain tap in some of these cases can help as well. All right. I think we're about out of time for the official show today. We UK are. We got to we got to take a break for UK Health Radio. When we do come back though, mm-hmm. uh, oh, let's take a look day. at the poll of the day. Yeah, for those of you that received Super Don's blast email blast, it's awesome. We'll find out what you guys thought of his poll today. Thanks for being here y'all. Thanks to Tia Severino. Uh thanks to our first time guest as well, which uh that was Lauren Witski. Yeah, Lauren Witski. She was Kinda great. Like whiskey. Yeah, Witski. It's a Polish name. Another yes. good poll. Thank you for being here, and the power to heal is yours. I just reading a quick uh, article that just came out on Substack from Steve Kirsch. Said the New York Times is reporting that ivermectin doesn't work. Once again, I saw I saw that that uh-huh. that study. It was a couple days ago. Except that the study in JAMA shows that it does. But of course, they report on it like testosterone reducing drugs have no side effects, and and mm. they get away with it. New York Times. These are all mouthpieces for big pharma. There is no discussion allowed. No opposing views. No interpretations that don't meet the the narrative, as you know. And Steve Kirsch is doing great work out there with his Substack. I have to say, pretty impressed every time he's coming out with something. So what was the poll question today you sent out? Uh, today, 
uh, I decided to throw out there a question that has been debated for many, many years mm-hmm. uh, and is always a, an interesting debate and conversation. Yeah. The question is, is it possible to be overweight and mm. also be healthy? Mm. Ah, We've covered okay. this before. Yeah, we have. Uh, several times. Yeah. Uh, because every once in a while you'll see a study come out and it, it will say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people have... They, you know, I, you know, it's an interesting certain things. This is one of those things where people are very, boy, you know, they they feel the way they feel about this situation. Yeah. So I thought I'd throw it out to our to our uh, our, our um, I'd say viewers, listeners, our newsletter subscribers. There you go. There we go. And so the result was interesting. I actually tracked it throughout the morning to see, and for the longest time, yes, was leading. Up wow. until maybe about an hour ago, mm. uh, and so the response is uh, not so the, overwhelmingly. So are you saying that the fat people responded first? Is that what you're saying? Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's rude. I'm I sorry. didn't think about it that way, but oh, thank I you, know. Robert Scott Bell. Send there, your hate I, mail to uh, right, RSB. To yeah, I deserve that one. I, I <laughs> so anyway, uh, as of as of about uh, fifteen minutes ago, yeah. uh, we had leading. Mm-hmm. Uh, 44% people saying no, that it is uh-huh. not possible to be overweight and also be healthy. 36% saying yes, it is possible. Mm-hmm. And 19% uh, people not wanting to, to tick anybody off said not sure. Well, as always, we got to nuance this uh, overweight definition because there's a difference between overweight and morbidly obese, for instance. Right? You would acknowledge that. And I think it, had you made a distinction on that, it would be an easier thing to answer. You know, but you know, the interesting thing about that is that the definition of morbidly obese mm-hmm. has changed well, and evolved true. over time. Because now you could take somebody, say that looks like me, yeah, I, I've got some extra pounds, I do, mm-hmm. but I would be considered morbidly obese. You know, when when you hear, and actually, you know, an interesting thing about the term morbidly obese, I've got this somewhere. Yeah. Didn't make it in. Make didn't make it on the show. Okay. It's but it made it in uh, uh, my show prep folder. Yeah, uh, is that they are now saying that they want to change that term because it's offensive. Okay. Uh, I don't know what they're going to change it to, but the term morbidly obese is something that is offensive, so they want to change that. But you know, basically, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to be very overweight in order to be. Clinically is it a ma- morbidly obese these days. Is it a matter of percentage of body fat? I mean, how do they define BMI, it? I think it plays a part in it, um, okay. which, you know, is, is not a very accurate indicator of much, really. Right. Um, but, you know, I have seen I have seen science, I've seen studies out there that will say that uh, you can be considered, quote, overweight and and be healthy. Yeah, but again, like you said, though, I think it—you know—it's like, how do you define what's what's overweight? the range? Okay, so, and I've mentioned this, I think, over the years, and I said, yes, it is possible to be overweight and healthy, and that's controversial. I get it. I am not saying whatever morbidly obese is, you know. And Superdon, you'd have to assess how much weight you're carrying versus your history, right? How has your body shifted since when you were younger to a point? I'm about where you're fifty like, pounds over what I probably should be. Five zero. Okay, so at this point, yes, that yeah. So that is significant, of course. Yeah. And I, I look at the the fat, and we say, all right, what's in the fat? How often have I said that? Is the fat filled with the toxic poisons, the heavy metals, the pesticides, the herbicides? We know that that's a store 
for the toxic poisons to protect our vital organs. And that can be a mechanism also for emotional discomfort. You pad yourself physically in those cases. I'm not speaking of you necessarily, Super D. I'm just throwing that out there as these explanations for that. But if you are, let's say, on a certified organic diet and you just eat too much than your caloric needs, for instance, and you put on Mm -hmm. some pounds, you know, within reason, what is that definition? I don't have the definition right now. It's not going to be a devastating issue to you. Whereas the, the, the certain fat that contains a lot of heavy metal poisons and things that eventually gets, as you age and, and weaken met- metabolically due to deficiencies of minerals, suddenly now the exposure to that which is stored in the fat for protective means can now be released and transit to areas become very problematic. And so I don't know if people get mad at me for saying this, but to, a, to some degree, being overweight in and of itself is not a disease. I'll just say it that way. But there's a point where you, you, you know, you, you tip over gravitational challenge to an extraordinary level that becomes, yes, problematic for various systems, the heart, the vascular system, and on and on it goes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What I'm reading here, and this comes from, what is UPMC? UPMC is, um, I still don't know what UPMC is. Anyway, they look mm-hmm. like an official website of some sort. From somewhere. Okay. Um, why would they not? Oh, University of Pittsburgh Schools. Okay. Okay. They say that uh, individuals are usually considered morbidly obese if their weight is more than 800. 80? 800. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, 80 to 100 pounds over their ideal body weight. So, And they say here a BMI above 40 okay. indicates that a person is morbidly obese. Now, I don't know about... It's like, how do you figure out what what is a normal BMI? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, go check that out. Mur- Murdoch says he voted not sure because in one men's magazine they featured the world's fittest man and he was overweight. That was 10 years ago. Yeah, that would be confusing, Murdoch. Yeah. So between 18.5 and 24.9 is a normal BMI for a man. Okay. So they say anything over 40 would be considered morbidly obese. Gotcha. Have you gotten your uh, BMI checked? No. Okay. No. We don't know. So no. would you say in your circumstance that you eat more than you should or you're just not active? You know, we talk about activity levels for Super Don all the time, you know. You know, I don't I don't I don't overeat, really, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, maybe a little bit if it's a really good meal. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, uh it's probably has more to do with my my uh activity level. Sure. It, I would guess. So you know, I mean, my, my ideal weight, at least for, for me, you know, is probably around 100 and 180, 190, right around there. Okay. Sarah uh, says, she says, I'm about 15 pounds above where I would like to be, and I do not feel healthy compared to when I was at a lower weight. So that's another good assessment Sarah brings up. Is like, how do you feel carrying what, what might be considered extra weight? Because somebody might feel perfectly fine and healthy, and, and they might not look like the whatever the, the, the featured look is of the, of the day as far as weight. So how do you feel that plays an important role there? And if you feel like you're carrying too much, and I don't mean it perhaps just from a, oh, I want to look better, but I mean, genuinely, how does your body feel and function? How are your energy levels? These things matter as well. And how's your garden? You, you had another freeze, I understand, the other day. 
Yeah, well, I, I did, and I covered it up, and then last night we hit exactly 32, I think. Okay. And I was I did not know that it was going to go to 32, so I don't know. I have to go out and check it out. Okay. Not that there was a whole lot to really to destroy at this point. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the lettuce and the onions are yeah. awesome. Okay. The uh, the tomatoes I I have not had a chance yet to replant those to re you know the whatever yeah. put new starts in there, um, and these the zucchini I don't know what's going to happen with that because I got hammered too so you know I'm kind of a lettuce and onion guy right at the moment okay and, and you know what the, you yeah. know what look here's the thing yeah here's the thing it, when when it first happened I was kind of like oh no you know it's like you know like your dog died or something. Right, uh, but then which says a lot about me. I went from like having nothing to suddenly now I like peek Super at my. Passion, I peek right? at the vegetables every once in a while. Hi, That's awesome, yay! But um, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not too too upset about it because yeah. I've still got something that's growing and I'm learning. I'm, I'm figuring sure. this out, right? Yeah. Trial and error, whatever. Yeah. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, I know that the next time it comes that comes around, yeah, I'm going to be better prepared, yeah, for this sort of thing. Right. right. Yeah. So totally. anyway. Well, remember yeah. rsbfood.com. Marjorie Wildcraft is there for you. Hook, it, hook you up with uh, good good tips as well. Super D, no one uh, took me up on, I think, I don't, I don't think it was inflammatory when I describe it, but when I talk about the, uh, the idea of putting good people in government. Yeah. And that it wasn't ever really about that. I mean, certainly it's not me saying, oh, I want bad people in government. That's not my point in saying it, nor am I saying if you feel the bliss and how important it is to vote at any level, this is not me telling you what to do. Like I did tell you what to do about not going to medical school. I did say that. I admit that. But the real issue is, and we had, you know, Lauren talking about it as well, the corruption of government because government has become so large so beyond limitation that you get in there and there's little or nothing you can do or even know to do, or if you know to do it, you quickly find you can't do it. And it, that's on all of us because we participate, we fund, we, we comply, on and on it goes that we can't vote ourselves back into a smaller government. If that would have happened, what, you know, the contract with America, remember the Republican revolutions? Oh, they're going to do it this time, Charlie Brown. I won't move the, how many times do we go through this and think, well, this time no. it's different. And I, I don't mean to bum anybody out. Just look, dude, you're me off this, the ledge well, you know, I think most people, especially when you get to our age, yeah, we figured it out. Right. Just because we've got kicked in the teeth so many times mm-hmm. that, cause I can remember, I can remember back in, in 92, yeah. you know, that was, Off that was my heyday when Perot was running and dude, I was so enthusiastic and I was like, Oh, we're going to change the world. We're going to do it. We're going to blah, blah, blah. And there were people in their forties, fifties or whatever mm-hmm. that were a part of, you know, that were there listening mm-hmm. to us, t- you know, as we were all enthusiastic and it was funny cause they were kind of looking at us and they were just kind of mm-hmm. like, man, I remember that youthful optimism. And I didn't know what they were talking. I thought they were fuddy duddies. You know, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. You know, Ross Perot. You know, we can get her, make a difference and stuff like that. Now, you know, thirty years later, forty years later, whatever, however long it's been, thirty yeah. years ish. Uh, now I understand where they were coming from because sure. you know what? It's never. It's never. It's always been the same mm-hmm. for decades, yeah. right? You know, they just keep. You know, like was it you that mentioned the rearranging of the chairs on the deck? Yeah, right. You know right. that. That's that's. 
honestly what goes on. Every once in a while, you'll get somebody who'll get in there, and they will. You know, they'll do something significant, you know, in in, in that moment. Yeah. Uh, Look at what what, what happened with Ron Paul, right? Yeah, sure. When he was running in his campaign, he was saying things that nobody was saying. People were getting energized and excited. You had the youth were like more, you know, they talk about Obama with the youth. Wasn't yeah. it? Couldn't touch what happened with Ron Paul with the youth. Yeah. I mean, there was stuff that was moving and going mm-hmm. on and stuff. You know, he he was single handedly caused uh, topics to come up in the debates that never would never have been talked yeah. about, never would have been addressed. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. But in the end, what happened? He got screwed. He got screwed by the by, by the the GOP. And they kicked him out, and it, and it was the biggest scam I've ever seen. For those of you who don't remember, it was in 2012, and I've got a video that I created uh, it, that that memorialized that situation. But you know, literally, you had—I'm trying to remember who it was—that was that was reading at the, at the podium, doing the vote thing with the convention, mm-hmm. and he literally had on this teleprompter that, that he was reading off of. Where it was like, all those in favor say aye, all yeah. those against say no, the no's have it, or the eyes have it, it was. Yeah. And it was like, if you listened to what was going on in the convention hall, okay, the no's just, it would, they drowned out every no. Yeah. Yet he sat there at the podium and said, the eyes have it. And it was like for him to read. Yeah. And, and it was this, this major vote that was going on. That, yeah, effectively, and that was, it effectively got rid of Ron Paul and all of his delegates. Remember that? That was the Republican Party, folks. It was. So if you think that this new crop is going to come in there and wholesale change it, I know they might intend to. They might mean to. But when they get in there, the, the thing is so large, it's going to have to collapse of its own weight and your non-participation one day. And that's, uh, I guess that's an ugly, defeatist thing to say. I just think that... How many times do you go through it and say, if the Republicans were going to do it, they've had some opportunities, did they? No. Would it be better than right now the Democrats and their love for mandates and gun grabbing? Oh, I'll acknowledge yes. But is it the fundamental core issue? You guys and gals answer that and get back to me, okay? See where we're going. Mm-hmm. All right, so what else we got going on this week? You got the, the calendar up? I do. I got nothing for the rest of the week, uh, except for Friday. On Friday, mm-hmm. we have got Jocelyn Durand coming on. Jocelyn Durand, we got connected with her through Ann Butcher. Oh, awesome. And uh, she is an author and wrote some books. And we'll be talking about, um, she is an expert on difficult personalities okay. and the problems this causes for others at work, home, and even in politics. Uh, so she will be coming on uh, in the second hour on Friday. Okay. That'll be a great way to wrap up the week. So now, listen, you were saying that you didn't have anywhere to go or anything to do for a while. No, what well, is... I'm not I'm not going on a trip, I think, until uh, the, the, the Red Pill Expo. So what is this Mike Cologne event that's coming up on Saturday? Oh, I better find out about that now that I'm here. If it's here, I don't um... know. What, you have to let me know if. Oh, it looks like it's going to be lo- local. Okay. 
It well, send like me the gonna... info so so I can go on the air about yeah, it. Yeah, it's on the calendar. Right. It is? No, I don't it know is. if it's... Oh, if that's been on the calendar for a while, it might not be happening. I need to find that out. So, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. Uh, see, Murdoch has a question for you, Super Don. Is there a code for Sovereign Copper on the site? He said he went there today and clicked on the Sovereign Silver, yet when I went to the cart, there was no code. Do we have a code, a discount code for Sovereign Silver, Sovereign Copper products? I thought we did. I will have to get back to you. Oh, we have an product. ongoing link on our our webpage. Yeah, but I think the link that we've got there that, that if I click on the the 20, save twenty percent shop now link, where does it take me? It takes me to first aid gel. But is there a? I, I yeah, we need to find out about that. Yeah, let me verify that for you. Um, I know. I know that a, for a long time we had a thing in the show notes. That got replaced, but let me. And I know Jonathan see. at ChooseToBeHealthy.com discounts a little. Um, so the RSB5 code, anything you get through ChooseToBeHealthy.com as well. Yeah, I mean, you should get an automatic discount on on stuff. Yeah. And I know with the uh, IGF1 plus buy one, get two, two, two items free. That's great. And yeah, there's some good stuff. So hopefully we'll find that out for you. RSB20. It is still RSB20. So RSB20 so is Murdoch, what you want to use. Let us know if that works for you, okay? Yeah, it will. RSB20. I just I just tested it. It works. Okay, so Murdoch and everybody that wants to get the Sovereign Silver or Sovereign Copper directly, um, go there and use the code RSB20. Yep. All right. And if you want the Cardio Miracle, it's RSB. <clears throat> I try to remember all these things. I know, right? Some of them are bells. Some of them mm -hmm. are whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, despite my lack of ability to communicate today, I think we got through the show all right. Yes. And then tomorrow, mm -hmm. this mystery, this mystery bottle right here. See oh, yeah. Right What's that? A mystery this bottle. This is something gonna... Robert should be taking today. He needs some of Oh, this. yeah. No, I'm going to take it because that stuff is good. I was using but the energy one to get I'm not gonna, through. I'm not going to tell no? you what it is. If okay. you want to know what it is, you got to yeah. sign up for the newsletter. Okay. Because I'm going to send an email out on this tomorrow. Yeah. This is a, it's an exciting new product uh, that we have vetted. Yep. And it's uh, good. It's really it good. has been approved by Robert yep. personally. Mm -hmm. This is, the, this is the, the mascot right here. This is oh, a clue. Can you see yeah. that right there? I can, can you see tell it. what that is? Looks like a mushroom of some kind. It's a mushroom. We love legs, mushrooms. Yeah. Right? So it's you guys want to legs. find out about this, get signed up for the oh. newsletter. Oh, our AMA is Saturday the 25th of June. 10 a.m. is uh, Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and noon Eastern on the 25th of June, our next AMA. So sign up, become a patron supporter. We've got a lot of stuff we're going to be giving away. In fact... I I'm thinking I'm gonna give away some Neutronics IGF one. This stuff's IGF. awesome. Right. So if you and the, the odds are great that you win because not everybody joins us. Did we find things. out that if you've got somebody that let's say because you know I mean in the um, in the commercial that you see, uh -huh. you know people are like working out and they're training and they're doing stuff like that. What would happen for somebody if they weren't working out and training and lifting weights and stuff like that and they took the IGF? What's what's the advantage there for them? Well, it still helps to build muscle. It honestly does. It changes metabolism a little bit. So uh, we're going to have, I think, a, a doctor to come on and talk about some of those pathways and what that okay, means. Okay, cool. So those questions will be answered. 
we'll work on that. All right. Okay. Any other questions or comments coming in through the chat room today? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Lori. Lori says, hey, Super Don, I wish I was closer to you. I have extra cantaloupe, watermelon, snow peas plants that need that to be need planted. To be planted. <laughs> well, yeah. where's Lori? So maybe somebody's in her area that, that somebody would, would uh, Somebody else that. could take advantage of that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that would be you know great. what I need to do is I gotta get. I I was just like the other day when we had the freeze. I just I had like garbage bags, right? I figured plastic, yeah. plastic will yeah. work. So I'm out there covering each individual right. plant. You know, mm -hmm. I need to get like one of those big things where you just drape it over. They have a frost blanket, black. Yeah, and I just don't. Christy don't says have. they're on clearance because it's past frost season in most places. So that might be something to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'll be better prepared next time. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, let's take a break and be back less than 22 hours from now. Really? You want to take a break? I thought maybe we should just do another hour. Nah, I'm done. Oh, come on. I, you know what? I'm going to take some of that stuff you're going to be giving people <laughs> okay. tomorrow and I'll be Yeah, ready. please get signed up. And uh, just a reminder mm -hmm. that you can, if you don't want to have to go and fill it out on a website or do any of that kind of stuff... It's super easy if you got a smartphone in your hand right now and you're not subscribed to the newsletter. You have no excuse. Yeah. Okay, it's super simple. And I've tested this. I've done it. It's a piece of cake. All you do is you go open up your text messages and you send a text message to two two eight two eight. And the the, the 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 body of the text message, all you put is RSB. And when you do that, it's going to send you a message back and it's going to say, "Hey." Send us your, your, your email address to subscribe to the newsletter, and you'll send your email address, and you'll cool. be subscribed. Boom. That is just so like cool. That. that is so cool. So do it. Do it. What are you waiting for? Do it now. All right, y'all. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing, less than 22 hours from now. Thanks, Super D. Thanks, Tia. Thanks to Lauren as well. And good night. Hasta la vista, baby. See ya.